Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful and shout out to Big Dick MLJ for the intro. As always, I'm Jeremy Lambert. That is Steven Jensen. It is Thursday, May 11th. We got a lot to talk about, but before we do that, Steven Jensen, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, doing well. Happy to be here on this Thursday morning. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, since the last time y'all saw me, I went and I met the great Joey Chestnut once again. I wanted to make sure to, to get that you know, out there for everybody real quick. That, that's been kind of a running thing here on the show. Every time I meet Joey Chestnut, Cody Rhodes wins on WWE pay-per-view. So that, that streak has, uh, has continued. You gotta, um, the next time he challenges for the title, you wherever Joey Chestnut is, I don't care if he is in Europe, you got to fly there and, and see him to ensure a Cody Rhodes victory. Yeah, a million percent. And, and he, he's my dude now. Like he definitely, he definitely will know me now, like going forward. <laughs> 
um there wasn't as many people at this meetup as the as the first one so like i got more one-on-one -on -one time with chestnut and uh <clears throat> and he dude he's a, he's like the coolest guy ever he's like so, he's so nice i brought my own sharpie from like sign stuff and he didn't have one so and there was like kids you know behind me but of course i was like the first one in line and um and so like i i gave joey my sharpie after like he saw myself and i was like oh no you can just keep it so like you know the, the kids can get autographed stuff he was like thank you so much man thank you so much for the free shark like i really appreciate that and, like i wound up talking to him for a minute and i was like i was like dude when you break your own records like when you put down when you go from like four, 74 hot dogs to, like 75 hot dogs or 76 i was like do you know like in real time that you have a shot at your own record or like, you know, you're like one away with a few seconds left. Are you just eating as fast as you can? And he was like, he's like, seriously, man, like I know pretty fast. He's like, I know within like, he's like, I know within like a few seconds, within like the first minute, if I have a shot at breaking my record, but he was like, these are intangibles. Like if I burp, it throws everything off. So like, you know what I mean? So like, you have to like, I was just like, hey, he's such a nice guy. I was talking about his ring and who's that ring entrance and all this. Anyway, this isn't a Joey Chestnut show, but because people know that I'm a fan of his, and I talked about him last week. I got some stuff signed too, which was awesome. Like I got, I my got, I got my my autograph that you got for me that came in Good. the mail last week. Good, that thing's Thank cool. You. It's pretty. It's pretty much that. that thing's pretty much self authenticated too, because the back of it is like the grand opening. Like, yeah, you know, so like you know where he was, what day it was. All that stuff. That day, I got a picture with him, and I wound up going to get it uh, blown up and printed out. So I got him to sign it this time. So that's <laughs> his signature. Me, the three of us, you know, with the, with my Cody Rhodes hoodie on, and we're with his mustard title and uh, and his autograph. And then I also got this thing signed. I found a, a hot dog Funko Pop, so I got him to sign <laughs> that. And then uh, I got this for my buddy. I got my buddy a uh, signed mustard bottle. So, so yeah, Joey Chestnut's the man. So anyway, I wanted to start off the show today by shouting out the uh, American hero. And he sounds like he's in, he sounds like he's ready for the 4th of July. He, uh, he's in really good shape. He's lost like, he's lost at least like 20, 30 pounds the last time I saw him. So he's, uh, he's ready to defend America on, on uh, Independence Day. So anyway, how you, how you doing? How you doing? Yeah. Yes. 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 How, how you doing? How you doing, Jeremy? Uh, not as good as you. I've not met Joey Chestnut uh, multiple times this year, but I'm I'm well. I'm I'm hanging in there, uh, guys. We appreciate you joining us today. We got a lot to talk about at eleven o'clock. We have our interview with Trey Lamar. It is just Stephen Jensen on this interview. I had to to miss it to handle personal things, but uh, Stephen Jensen did talk to Trey Lamar. Talked about a lot of things. Talked about uh, his goals in wrestling. Talked about being trained by by Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae. Um, what what else am I I'm missing here? I went recently, through it. Yeah, recently teamed with two with two cold Scorpio. Yes, we quite a bit yes. about him. I mean a lot yes, of stuff. Yeah, cold Scorpio. Uh, yes. Big Starks, Big Starks brand, Mouse, the whole crew over there. Billy Starks. We don't. Yeah, I don't talk about about a lot. It's about a forty about a forty minute or so interview. So. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I, I went through it, and my memory not good, especially if. I'm not doing the interview. I can't recall any of this stuff. It was a great interview with uh, Jensen and Trey. So that'll that'll air at about 11 a.m. Eastern. Guys, leave a super chat uh, in the chat. That helps support us. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Subscribe to the channel. If you are not, head over Fightful Overbooked and subscribe over there if you haven't done that as well. And subscribe to Fightful Select where you get news and you get Stephen Jensen's Weekender podcast as well. We do have a super chat from our pal Caden who says, Hi, besties. Don Callis is a raggedy bitch. <clears throat> he is. And I think we'll we should waste that. no more right. time. Let's just go ahead and get into it. 
uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show, and I think it's been a run of great shows. Great show last night, and it concluded with the cage match between John Moxley and Kenny Omega. And just as Kenny Omega was about to put John Moxley away with the one winged angel, he got the one, he got the two. Don Callis stabbed him, screwed him with a screwdriver right in the head, broke up the pen. Moxley got the win. And then after the match, it looked like Callis was going to screw him once again and said, threw it down. Got in Kenny's face, said something to him, gave him a kiss, shoved him down. But the relationship between Don Callis and Kenny Omega is now over after years of friendship, years of being aligned on AEW television. Where do we think this is going, Jensen? So I'll say this. I definitely didn't see that coming. So first off, great on the swerve there. Um, Second, I think this was done really cleverly for a lot of reasons because like we all kind of had me and you've talked about the idea of Takeshita going over to the Blackpool side, like how, you know, and obviously he's been courted by Don Callis over the months. And the thought was, well, maybe well Takeshita will probably be the one to turn and jump over there. Now it makes me feel like, okay, we saw Callis turn. So maybe Takeshita will follow soon. Um, and that kind of stuff. So, like, it really plants a lot of seeds. Um, and also, like, this, or even if he doesn't turn it right away or at all, it's going to cause some sort of dissension amongst the elite crew because they're probably not going to really trust him 100% because they know that he's been so close with Callus lately and Callus just did what he did. So, <clears throat> I, I like the dynamics a lot there. I think it's really interesting. And, uh, I mean... I, I don't know really where it goes from Callus from here. Like, like, where, like, where, do you think that Callus is going to like side with the Blackpool side now, or is he just kind of do going to do his own thing? And because there's like story, there's so many stories within the stories within both of these groups now too, that like, it's a lot going on, but it all makes sense. It's all long-term storytelling. I like it a lot. And like I said, the biggest thing to me last night, honestly, was I didn't see that coming at all. Yeah, it was, it, it was a, a shock swerve and a good shock swerve, swerve, not, Hey, let's just do this to, you know, kind of do this because we don't have any other ideas. It's something that's been brewing for a little bit with Omega not being sure who we can trust. You know, Don kind of went behind his back a little bit with the Takeshka stuff. And Omega initially was like kind of part of that. But then as Omega uh, got back with the elite and everything, he he was kind of hesitant on what is Don Callis doing. The elite was obviously very weary. Um of Callus, Callus kind of setting up Hangman in certain ways. Kenny was a little privy to that as well. So Kenny has a lot of trust issues with with all of this. And then so to see now his, his best friend Don Callis turn his back on him, I'm sure those trust issues are not going to help. We don't know if he's even watched back uh, full gear from a couple years ago when the Young Bucks gave <laughs> Hangman Page the okay to go ahead and hit the Buckshot Lariat on on omega but we don't there's still that layer to be told here as far as don Callis goes i don't think he's going to be aligned with blackpool i don't think it was that i don't think it was a hey now i'm with you guys type of thing i think it was I more agree. screwing over yeah I, agree. I think it was more of screwing over omega people are saying osprey which he put bruv in his uh twitter bio 
this morning. So he's going to tease the Osprey mm. thing. That makes a lot of sense, especially yeah. if Osprey is going to be Omega's opponent for Forbidden Door, which seems like it's a possibility because Osprey is part of that tournament for the U.S. title shots. Uh, he's he he's going to face Tanahashi. And then the winner of that will face Lance Archer. So, and it seems like the winner of that will be set up for a forbidden door shot at, at Omega. So it would make sense if Osprey wins that with some help from Callus to set that up. Here's what I'm most interested in, Jensen. And it's actually not Omega. It's not Callus. It's not even like the Young Bucks or anything. It's Takeshka because Callus was the one who recruited him. Right. He was the one who brought him down to help Omega when he was about to get stabbed by Blackpool. But he's also got the relationship with Danielson because he never hit Danielson or anything. He still feels some type of way about Danielson. This man is being played like a fiddle right now by a lot of sides. Does he look at Callus now like, I can't trust this guy at all? Or does he look at Callus and Callus tries to tell him, like, you are my number one now. I, I've kicked Omega to the curb. You are the top guy in my group now. Like, I'm going to build everything around you. Does he look at Omega, who didn't really, who looked at him a little sideways when he when he made the save? Does he look at Omega and is like, well, I feel bad for you. You got screwed over by your best friend. Like, I'm all in with you. Does he look at Blackpool is like, there's stability here. These guys aren't fighting each other. These guys aren't turning on each other. Like, Danielson's always been good to me. He isn't wrong me. Does he go there? I'm very interested in what they do with Takesha in all this story because they've dragged him in and he's kind of, he's, he's part of all parties here and he could go in multiple directions with this. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. I, I agree with all of that. It makes it, it makes it for interesting story. I mean, it's just, it's interesting for everyone involved, but Takesha, especially another thing I saw in the chat, I think I'm logged in today. Um, this is from Dial Up for, Dial Up for Film. Um, also, his name's Kogan. Um, who, by the way, Kogan won a free entry for Wrestle Rumble from either from us or from me. What was it? I know he got a free entry from that I that I sent over this, this past weekend. He got it was like second or third place. He won a hundred bucks with the free nice. entry. So everybody here, like when we give these things away, I'm just telling y'all, real prizes. Kogan can attest, won a hundred bucks, and uh, Jake uh, Jake Schwal. Um, he got like fifth place. I saw he was just outside of the the prizes. Oh. So like, so I'm just I'm just saying, y'all like these these are legitimate contests and the prizes are real. So get in on WrestleRumble.com. We'll give y'all a shout out right now. But Kogan says uh, in favor of CM Punk potentially, which obviously Punk doesn't need Cal. Well, here's the thing: if they form some sort of group around Callus, that's interesting. If you had a stable of like. CM Punk, the cash done, maybe a couple guys like that, FTR, like, and then they were, and Callus was like their manager. I could see something like that. Cause like to, to, to pair Callus and Punk, just the two of them, it would make for, it would be interesting because of the history of both with the elite, but you don't really need Callus obviously to talk for CM Punk or anything like that. Um, whereas it's well, super helpful. Need- you didn't need Heyman to Heyman talk to for CM either. Punk. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And like, like that worked. And I think that would be, kind of the similar dynamic. I do like the group aspect, especially if you're going to bring in Takeshka because Callis obviously be a great mouthpiece uh, for him and, and right. then FTR throw them in there. It would give very big, uh, I don't say evolution vibes, but it, it would give honestly more horseman vibes than evolution yeah. vibes. 
which there's nothing wrong with. I mean, you know, four person stables, five person stables and stuff, I think are, that's a good, you know, it's, it's good. It's kind of, it's proven to work if you got the right people involved. Um, whereas like, what was it? Uh, what did they call it? Pinnacle. Like that didn't yeah. really work out, Like you know, like, so it could go really both ways for sure. But, um, but uh, yes, like you're saying, and, and kind of what I'm saying as well, like, I, I think that Don Callis being a mouthpiece for Takeshita, that's obviously massive for, for both guys, because it gives Callis something really big to do. Very Paul Heyman-esque, like you said. Another good good point, though, that Paul Heyman, CM Punk didn't need Paul Heyman, but that worked out great on TV. So, I mean, there you could do, it would be nuclear heat with Don Callis and Paul Heyman standing next to each other, both just berating the elite. I mean, that would be... So I, I like the idea of it, Kogan. I, I I think that's a good one that you threw out there. Um, and uh, yeah, see, he he's confirming here. By the way, he did. He won a hundred bucks at Wrestle Rumble, so that's that's awesome. Anyway, I, I it it's one of those things where I didn't see it coming. I didn't expect this turn at all. But now that it's happened, I'm like I'm glad that it has because it, it gives really good possibilities. I think everything we've said is all a legitimate possibility that would be good on the show. So Will Washington, when you see this. We can we can put this we can start putting these stories together. I, I love that. Uh, by the way, I saw his tweet this morning. He's he's got to be like the most humble guy ever. He's he's already telling people like, listen, don't give me any credit. Like I I've just started. Please stop telling. But he's like he's, he's been great. It's been great. So I've I've really enjoyed seeing Will's uh interactions with the fans and like the videos and stuff he's put out since getting signed to AEW. It's really cool. Uh, but uh, but yeah. Anyway, is there anything? What what else? Where else do you think this could possibly go like do you think we're well, building to some gigantic blood and guts type like multi-man scenario or they're they're definitely building towards some type of multi-man <clears throat> match that you don't yeah. you're not doing all this unless you're right. going to close it off with with some type of blackpool combat club elite big type of match is it going to be blood and guts don't know do they have something else up their sleeve you know anarchy in the arena potentially that that went over well yeah. last year um do they have just some other idea we get a lot of creative minds when it comes to guys like moxley danielson the elite callus even even tony and and will and everybody else behind the scenes but like a lot of creative minds out there who can come up with potentially some type of new match concept yeah for for that i'm and thinking yeah i don't know what that i don't know what that looks like uh for this but they get a lot of creative minds in that room who could come up with something to close off this feud. I, they're definitely coming up doing some type of uh, multi-man match to, to close this thing out. You know, Hangman's got to get reinvolved. He's been off television for like a month now. He's been, he's been out for a while ever since he got stabbed. He's going to get reinvolved with things. And, you know, where does he fit in this whole thing? Does Omega now trust him with this? And the Young Bucks still there. Blackpool is looking... They're looking like, hey, we're the strong group here. We are the strong and stable group. There's a lot of issues going on with the elite. We know the elite loves their their lore stuff with uh, being the elite and everything. But like when you just look at their storytelling on television, I mean, Omega and Hangman is one of the best stories we've seen yeah. in wrestling. This current story with the elite and then Blackpool Combat Club I think it's just as good as the bloodline that everyone is, is going to, you know, everyone go should win a Oscar or uh, an Emmy or whatever you want to say it should win. I think the, this elite story is just as good as that. Um, so I trust these guys when it comes to mapping out 
their own story on this. Yeah, I'm with you. I uh, I will say if they do come up with a new match type, I'm just going to throw this out there for anyone who may or may not listen or want any kind of feedback. This is my only my only complaint about certain multi-man matches. Please give me an elimination style match. If When it comes down to something like this, I don't want a... Like, I love war games and stuff like that, but I it bothers me how it's just one pinfall to a victory. Like, you wait all this time for everyone to get in the ring, for everyone to become eligible, and then it's just one pinfall or submission and, like, a team wins. Same with Blood and Guts. It's just one pinfall or submission. I, I really want, like, a full-on... If you're going to do gang warfare, do gang warfare. Like, I want to see eliminations. I want to see stories of, within those eliminations. I want to see one person standing for their, like, for the whole thing. Like, or, or maybe a couple people survive, like, in Survivor Series. You got a couple people left. Whatever it is. Just give me something different where there's a definitive, like, this team beat this team, eliminated all the members, and that's that for the feud. Like, that's, you know, that's, that, that's just a... But that's also just a nitpick where I've always complained about how I love war games so much, but I just, I feel like there's things about it. I would tweak same with like the Royal rumble. There's things about it. I would tweak, you know, that just, I think would make it a little bit better for everybody. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, and what, what a turnaround for the, the combat club, by the way, like after the regal stuff and, yeah. you know, kind of where they were at and it felt like they were real. And Danielson wasn't involved throughout the MJF feud. And it really felt like they were in a real, uh, <clears throat> like real limbo, but now they're, they're looking better than ever. Um, as you were saying, they, they seem to be the, the stable that has the most, you know, the most uh, kind of, I don't know. They're, they're the, the most the, momentum. And, they're and the most momentum. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're the most stable. stable. Solid. Yeah. Uh, like they have yeah. this solidity as like a group yeah. and it's still open for them to add more members. And I mean, you know, yeah, I, I, I think this is, this has been really, uh, really, really well done. And like you said, I mean, hangman being involved, that's going to, I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think it's still going to wind up pretty much how we were talking the other week about it, where, you know, it'll, it'll be Kenny, the Bucks and Hangman on one side. Do we have a fourth, a fifth? Abushi is somebody Abushi, we, we threw that's out right. there. Yes, yeah. Abushi, because he would, they would need the fifth, because you're going to have, because we were, we're still assuming at least in my opinion, I think I still think Takesh is going to turn. Right. So I'll go Takesh to Mox, Danielson, Yuta, Claudio. Misses. Claudio, of course. Yeah. So that that would be that. Do you still think that's where it's heading eventually? Like that's the five on five. That's where I still think it's going. I, I think that Abushi, you know, uh, Dark Piro Flosion is uh, pretty much the Abushi source. Yeah, at this I point see that. With yeah. their, with the tweets, um, and it seems like all signs are kind of pointing AEW. This story makes a lot of sense when it comes to that. Is it, There's a possibility, a small possibility, but it is Kenny, Hangman, The Bucks, Takeshka, Blackpool in its current form, let's say, and then Callus does bring in Will Ospreay to kind of maybe not like be part of, of Blackpool Combat Club, but he will be, um, he'll just be there as to basically extend the feud with, with Omega. He's brought in by Callus. Like, look, you want to destroy this group? Here's the guy you need to help destroy this group. Uh, so I could, I could see that because now after last night, it seems like the elite is going to win the war. 
And and that's kind of what yeah. I thought in the first place. I thought Moxley would win last night as uh, they win the battle and then uh, the elite wins the war. Yeah, I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Unless, like, there's some sort of swerve as far as... Uh, because I don't know what the, like, the contract status of the Elite and Kenny are, but I, I guess like the rumor, like, what people have talked about is the end of this year um, for them to like figure out if they're going to re-sign or extend or whatever. <clears throat> but uh, that could throw things off potentially too. You know, the farther we get into the feud, they might be like, they might be, you know, there's obviously reckless speculation. I have no idea, but I'm just saying like, if the Kenny, if Kenny and the Bucks wind up bailing, then that could definitely change a lot about like how this story plays out as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but I'm assuming that they're going to stay. I would, I would, I would expect the 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 elite to win this feud at the end of the day. Yeah. The other spotlight from AEW last night was the return of Miro, who went into Tony Khan's office. The return of Thunder Rosa, who went into Tony Khan's office, and then Tony Khan saying there will be a major announcement next Wednesday, May 17th. Tune into TNT. They will follow up on it. On Dynamite, I don't think it's any secret at this point that AEW Collision is coming. It's going to be on Saturday nights. Tony more or less confirmed that it's going to be on TNT on Saturday nights. Uh, I know Andrew Zarian uh, of Mattman and Matt Black from WrestleZone have had details on this. Sean has had details on this as well. So that's what we're getting. We're getting Collision. Sam Punk's coming back. We're going to do some type of softish brand split here um yeah andrade tweeted about re- returning so that could be close as well it's happening Stephen jensen it's happening the upfronts is next wednesday the announcement's gonna come then collision is going to be a go it was good to see miro back on television that's a guy who i don't think they've done nearly enough with even when they were uh having him on television weekly i thought he had more to give especially with the character he was doing glad to see him back thunder rosa i don't know what her status is injury wise she recently said that like she's still not doing like too much training she even said that she might need like surgery you know it now that she's back on television is that all just working and you know she's actually going to be back in the ring soon don't know um but her being back on television in that capacity makes me believe she'll be back more in a full-time capacity very soon. And she's been doing commentary for them anyway. So a couple big returns seems like it might be setting up even more returns and it's definitely setting up collision here starting of reportedly in June. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. I, I was kind of confused with this whole timeline, by the way, like to be honest, because <clears throat> obviously we knew collision was going to happen. I mean, Fightful already, <laughs> we have a post show already, ready yeah. to go for the for, for a show that hasn't even been uh technically announced and that's what was confusing me too last night where i was like i i could I, I legitimately couldn't remember if collision had been officially announced yet or not like i really couldn't because like everyone already knows about it so i was like oh okay so they haven't announced it yet but that's that's got to be the major announcement and the way that uh the way that they had like had miro come back and thunder rosa and stuff and going right into tony khan's office the one thing that is strange to me is like, are they setting this up to make it seem like Collision is like the disgruntled employee show where it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. all these people who, because correct me if I'm wrong and I might be completely wrong and even the reports could be wrong, but 
wasn't a big reason why Miro wasn't around was he reportedly like wouldn't put people over. That was a potential. I don't want to get the report wrong. Okay, I know it was sure. like creative. I know it was like creative differences type of thing of where he was pitched some stuff. I don't know if he was fully satisfied with it. Maybe he pitched some stuff and I don't know if they were fully satisfied with it. I don't want to put misinformation out there. Sure. And I don't want to put misinformation out there either. The only reason I even brought that out there, because that was, that was like a rumor that was pretty heavily out there as far as like the creative or whatever it was. Then the reason I bring it up is because you're, you were saying, you know, they haven't done enough with Miro, but my thing is like, how do, I mean, did, like, was it, was that on him or was that on AEW? Like, did they have a bunch of right. stuff that they wanted him to do and then he just didn't want to do it? You know, um, I think that his, <clears throat> I think that his run as TNT champion was fantastic. Uh, probably the best TNT champ. And I, obviously I'm a massive Cody guy and I always want to choose Cody at the top of my list for everything. But, but Miro was probably the best TNT champion, I think. Like for like what his run was when it happened, especially coming right off his WWE run, um, super hot free agent at the time. Like it was, it would, in, in his presentation was very much so, it felt like they were presenting Miro, AEW presented Miro in the way that the fans wish WWE had, you know? Um, but then after that, I'll agree that they didn't really know what they were doing with him. Cause like it, he really got lost in the mix really fast. And that happens with a lot of guys in AEW. Just, it's just true. I mean, we've seen happen with guys like Lance Archer and stuff also. I mean, it's just, you know, some of these guys get mega pushes and then they just get kind of lost. Brian Cage was a, was a heavy focus of the show for quite a while. And then, uh, I'm sorry about that. Did, did, did my screen just go black for a second? No. Or am I, am I good? I'm good. Sorry. My computer just, just like, it's not supposed to do the thing where it like, uh, it goes to sleep if I'm on it and it just did that. So I apologize if there's some sort of weird setting that's happening anyway. Sorry about that. Um, but, but that my, my point is that, um, I don't know if it's on me or if it's on AEW for like why he hasn't been on TV, why, you know, why things went the way that they have so far. But I will say once again, TNT title run was amazing. And I think that, uh, I think that having him back is definitely an asset. Like he has a lot that he could, he can give to AEW a lot of great matches. He can have a lot of great stories that we haven't seen play out. We we also might see Lana at some point. I know a lot of people still want to see her involved with him on AEW TV. If, if that's possible. Um, and Thunder Rosa, I'm in the same boat. I don't know when she's available to return. Um, I don't know what's next for her. Cause the last time we saw her, right. She was the champion. She had to vacate the title for injury. Yeah. Um, but there was also, once again, I don't want to like fan the flames of like bullshit reports or whatever. I have no idea, but I'm just saying what a lot of people have heard wasn't their backstage stuff with her also. Like, this is, this is less fanning the flames of backstage reporting because Britt Baker has, has commented on, on things of, and, and Britt's argument was, okay, you're still the champion when she was technically the champion. They created the interim title and everything, you know, why can't you show up and, just show up to work and be supportive and support the locker room and stuff, but you can make conventions and everything. And Thunder Rosa was like, well, she was hurt. She wasn't booked. She wasn't, you know, supposed to be there in any capacity. She wanted to drop the title uh, when she relinquished the, the major, the uh, undisputed title. She wanted to go ahead and just not do an interim title. Uh, That that was her, her words and, and everything. And Tony Khan said that Thunder Rosa made the proper steps to make amends with the locker room. Then Rosa said she talked to the locker room. So it seemed like all of that got settled, whatever 
there's more reports out there of what the actual backstage drama was. The backstage drama that we know about that the wrestlers and the owner have talked about is what I just uh, referenced as far as Britt not being thrilled that Thunder Rosa wasn't making the towns and, you know, Thunder won drop the title, but Tony Khan decided to go with the interim route. But so like to our knowledge then uh, that like, so she's good. Like, no issue with Thunder Rosa then, it sounds like. like it doesn't was... It doesn't seem like it. I mean, I don't know. Well, of course, yeah. Yeah, but Tony Khan said, yeah. like, she took proper steps to kind of make amends. Okay. Thunder Rosa said cool. she talked to the locker room, kind of cleared things over. Is there still, hey, I resent this person a little bit for doing this? There's always, I think, in, there's animosity, jealousy, egos in all of these locker rooms, you know? So, it, but as far as, like, whatever the overlaying issue was it seems like that's been at least brought down but really what i wanted to make sure of like there was an issue at some point. it's yeah yeah I, and, I laid out the issues that right. are public that the wrestlers are on record of talking about right. there are of course the reported issues that are reported of course issues. and the reason i bring this stuff up once this show is sponsored by better help If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash Fightful. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Again, that's why I want to be fair about this because I could be totally wrong. I just want to say, like, it's just interesting, right? It's like we're about to announce this new show that's a soft brand split where CM Punk obviously was disgruntled when he left. I mean, that's pretty clear. Um, whatever was going on with Miro, whatever was going on with Thunder Rosa, it just seems like it's like, are we making collision the show? Of like, okay, people don't want to deal with these people, so we'll just put them all together. And how much, how much of it is going to be like just former WWE wrestlers that like, you know what I mean? How much of that will maybe come out? And once again, this is just, this is just me making conversation, by the way, this isn't me like 
reporting anything or like degrading or like trying to be mean to anyone or like I just it's just main conversation and just thinking kind of um just kind of thinking or, or, or uh, speaking out loud or thinking out loud I should say um you know because it's like we also say like like Andrade is talking about coming back that's kind of crazy timing right like all the it's like how many of these people are former WWE wrestlers or wrestlers that have issues with other people that are like day one AEW wrestlers and are they just like gonna work with each other so that the like AEW people can be happy and like they can do their thing you know what I mean it's just kind of it's just kind of strange when you think about if that is kind of what's going on um and it might not be I just think once again like all the people we're mentioning have some sort of backstage issue with other wrestlers or with the company. And they're all coming back right around the same time, right around this announcement of this new show, right around when people are expecting a soft brand split. I look, there's, there's some smoke. This is interesting. A a lot of this. I (laughs) think that it's a good thing that AEW is getting more, is getting more television getting more programming. I know fans are worried about burnout and, and oversaturation and things like that. I think on the whole, the fact that Warner brothers discovery trust them enough to like, Hey, yeah, let's do another two hour show on here. I, I think that's a good thing for AEW. I have questioned, I think a brand split is, is a good thing overall, because I think if you do it correctly, a, it can pay a lot of dividends. I question the um, the start, how the origin of how this is starting, because it does seem like it's starting because we got some issues around here. We got guys who are maybe not happy with other guys. We got girls who are maybe not happy with other girls. We have guys and girls who are not happy with maybe just their, their television time. They don't have anybody who's like, I'm mad at this person. I just want to be used more. I'm going to be featured more. And so that's leading to issues. And so it's like, okay, let's do another show to get certain people away from certain people to appease certain people when it comes to television time. Like this doesn't seem like the great, the greatest origin for a brand split. And that becomes tough to manage at that point, because then, and we don't know all the details of collision. We don't know if it's live every week. I, I, Sean's report said sometimes it might be taped on like a Thursday, but it does seem like maybe some weeks it will be taped. Um, and wasn't there also a lot of confusion as to, to the network? That was part of the Bix tweet. Was everyone thought it was going to be TBS, but now it looks like TNT. It, part of- I think it was Zarian and I'm, I'm pretty sure Matt Black also said that like, it seemed like it was always a TNT thing. I think Bix okay. tried to confuse everybody because he was like, oh, why is Tony say TNT? He said the wrong network. And you know, Tony was like, I said TNT on purpose. There was a reason right. I said TNT. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think that caused the confusion more than anything. And I think it was because Tony said, tune into TNT next week. It's like, wait, Dynamite's on TBS. Why wouldn't we be tuning in to TBS? I think that's where the confusion kind of came. I think this show was always slated for TNT, though. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I, but that's my point is also just kind of like, there's been there's been communication or like miscommunication or mis really misinformation, but like we don't know, like you were saying, we don't know really the really a lot of these details. That's a good point about bringing up. We don't even know if it's pre-taped every week or live every week or a mixture of both or what time is it supposed to be on? Is it is it like an eight o'clock show? It, or like six oh five? I mean, like right. It seems like it's going to be a prime time thing. Eight o'clock. Like, 
none of this is, is confirmed. I'll, I'll pull up Sean's latest report because he's going to have, uh, you know, better details than I can remember off the top of my head. Um, it says Rampage is supposed to be kind of more like Heat from now on. Uh, where was it as far as... Saturday Heat ruled, by the way, y'all. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, so it was there are already several Saturday dates for AW Collision to film. We're told that when necessary, the company may book a venue two straight days and film on Thursday. It doesn't have a time on the latest report. I would imagine that I think it's gonna be a prime time thing. Maybe it is six to six to eight. I I'm more I think it's gonna be eight to ten. That's uh, my guess. I'd prefer of, if it was six oh five. Give, give yeah. me the superstation <laughs> time. But Yes. Um, uh, don't don't have any of that confirmed though. Um, the announcements next week though. By this time next week, we will have all of those details, and then we can start figuring it out. But you know, then then it comes down to, okay, is it is it a full on brand split? I think it is more just this. The word soft brand split has been used because otherwise, it's like then you get into a ratings pissing contest of. People are like, well, I drew this on the Saturday night. You only drew this on Dynamite. I think we're going to see, like, CM Punk will be on Collision some weeks. Other weeks he might be on Dynamite. The weeks he's on Dynamite, maybe the Elite stuff takes place on Collision. Does that become confusing to the audience? Does that boost both shows? Like, I think there's a lot of things in in play here, and it's going to be tough to navigate all of this. And, you know, Tony... Tony works really hard. Tony, I'm pretty sure, doesn't sleep. He has a good team around him to to help with all of this stuff. It seems like he's trying to delegate a little bit more. I think that's uh, one thing that the that hiring will kind of signified is that there is a little bit more delegation going on with this stuff, and I think that's a good thing. It's it's not that you know he still has final say over this, but like you, you're only one person, and you're trying to run. <clears throat> Two brands now, ROH, Fulham, Jacksonville, Jaguars, like a lot of hands in the pot there. <laughs> Delegation is not a bad thing on this stuff when you have all this stuff to do. So I think that's a good thing. But, you know, he's, he's booking Wembley. He, he's got Forbidden Door coming up. You have Wembley and then a, a pay-per-view right after that as well. There's a lot going on in the world of, of Tony Khan and AEW and to juggle all this, it's no easy task when it comes to this stuff. So I'm very interested to see how this all happens. Less so the first month, because the first month is that honeymoon period of like, ah, CM Punk's back. This is happening. That's happening. Great, great, great. But then after that, when that initial enthusiasm dies down, how do you maintain and stabilize? Because you don't really ever reach the highs of that first that honeymoon period that first month but where do you stabilize at and then can you maintain and then does the bottom drop out or can you you know raise from there but what's the base level that's what i'm interested in yeah and that's honestly the the most important question to be completely honest is where is that baseline because that's that's what's going to determine the success long term even short term of just the show in general like when rampage started Obviously, it started off super hot. CM Punk was episode two of it, right? So, yeah. They, and then that that maintained for a minute, but now it's like, you know, I love AEW, but there's I, my, and, it, and also it has to do with, you know, when it's on Friday nights and stuff. It's tough sometimes, but like, you know, I, I hate to say what this, is, but it's, it's, a, it's a pretty missable show, you know, in comparison to Dynamite, you know? You know, Rampage has to get moved around 
because of the playoffs NBA and, and NHL and, and stuff, right? You know, is that going to happen to Collision come this time next year when, you know, they're airing? Is that going to have to be moved around different time slots because of the NBA and NHL playoffs potentially airing? on TNT. So that's the good thing about having turn the Turner networks though, is you can always like pop it over to like TBS or like somewhere else, which is good. And I think that would be the best solution is like, Hey, let's just air this on TBS at, at eight o'clock. Uh, but you know, then do you, then I think for TNT, it becomes a thing of like, do we want competing programming on at the same time? Would we rather right. just move the days? Uh, I know they technically like have competing programming now because dynamite was on TBS last night and, uh, the basketball games were on TNT. So, you know, it, it's going to be a thing where it does happen. Uh, it's just Dynamite's established in that 8 o'clock TBS time slot since the beginning of the year when they moved. Um, beginning of last year. Now, right? Yeah. Wow. Um, time flies. Yeah. Uh, when they moved. Um, but so, you know, do they do they move it to TBS when basketball games might be on TNT or hockey games might be on TNT? Uh, on on Saturday nights, there's a lot of interesting things going on in front of the television with AEW, but I think also just behind the scenes and keeping a lot of things in line and in order in AEW. For sure, and how often, depending on how late they are, how often they're going to go head to head with any kind of UFC programming, you know, for that same kind of demographic on a Saturday night and stuff like college that. football. I mean, college, college football, football yeah. is obviously a big thing you know nfl yeah. will run saturday games once college football season is over so they're gonna have to go up against that on some saturday nights yeah wwe their their pay-per-views are now on saturday nights like they moved all of them to thank god by the way like which is really out. interesting because they're both owned by you know endeavor now wwe and ufc and they're both running pay-per-views on the same nights now which is kind of wild like this last UFC pay-per-view was on the same night as uh, as Backlash. Backlash now, yeah. granted, Backlash ended pretty much as the UFC pay-per-view was started. Well, give or take. I mean, there's a little overlap. Yeah, <clears> there's <throat> about you know, an hour overlap. And, and of course, you, as you know, the UFC shows technically start at like, you know, 6 p.m., but like the pay-per-view starts at 10. So like, it's yeah. you know, it's a long day for fight fans, but there's a, there's a, but, um, but it was also interesting. I'll just throw this out there. I saw, I saw that there was some WWE like commercials during the UFC show this past, this past, uh, pay-per-view where they had like WWE wrestlers, like putting over kind of like the UFC and stuff like that. And there's, so you can see the crossovers already happening, which is cool. And also this is a good transition to our next, uh, our next set of, uh, stuff to talk about is imagine Jeremy, you're saying like, you know, imagine if Tony Khan had some help, right? Because he's going to have so, so much on his plate. It'd be good to be able to delegate some of this stuff for like all these projects, especially within wrestling. Imagine if he had like some guy, like some guy, like an EVP that was like in his mid thirties, that been around the wrestling business his entire life that, you know, grew up in it, that, you know, is, is currently doing it at a high level, you know, uh, you know, great in the ring, great on the mic, has blonde hair and a neck tattoo. You know, imagine, imagine if, Imagine if you had somebody there, like an EVP that could help with this kind of stuff. Um, man, that'd be cool if that guy was around. Um, speaking of, do you want to talk about um, th- this guy at all? Because I need to finish the story. In the WWE, the story never finishes. There you go. Cody Rhodes won a chapter of his story at WWE Backlash. 
when he defeated Brock Lesnar, allegedly. He got his ass kicked by Brock Lesnar, and then he pinned him off of the Kimura, which I guess would be the same move he would use against Eddie Kingston in a legit street fight. <laughs> he would just pin his shoulders down as Eddie has him in a big brother guillotine or something. In our scenario, there are no pins, Jeremy. Like in our in our situation, pinfalls would not matter. But I but I understand. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> so Cody wins the match. The next night on Raw, he competes for the in the tournament for the World Heavyweight Title, and of course, Brock comes out, beats him up got that nasty gash on his head from mm-hmm. the, the turnbuckle, which made him look even scarier and a black eye and everything as well. Yeah. And he said, we're going to do this one more time, at least at night of champions. There we go. Cody and Brock too. So let's go back to backlash thoughts on that and then move it forward to Cody and Brock too. Okay. So as far as the backlash match between Cody and Brock, I, I, I've enjoyed it. It was pretty much what I expected. Like I expected Cody to get thrown around, you know, um, I liked how Cody just came out, you know, and just the only, it was part of it was a cop out and I'll, I can, I can uh, admit that I, I can detect that, you know, because Cody did to be fair, like he beat him down with the chair and stuff before the bell rang so that you're, you're weakening down the beast a little bit there. But I mean, by the end of the match, Cody got suplexed like around 10 times and he'd ate an F5 and all this stuff. And I liked the finish a lot, by the way, because like it was, and I would have liked that that was the end of the feud. It was just like Cody beat him. He just got the best of him. Like he beat the beast straight up. And he, he beat him with away. a wrestling move, basically. Yeah. And then he ran away. And then it was like, oh no, they're going to continue this. The, the second he ran away, instead of like celebrating, I was like, oh, Brock's going to. And there was a lot of speculation going into Raw that Cody wouldn't even make it into the tournament. So um, he made it in, but then Brock, you know, was the reason he didn't advance. And yeah, we got another match coming up. I mean, it, I do have fear about it because it's like, if you're going to drag this out, I feel like Brock's going to get probably this win. And then you'll have a, a trilogy where hopefully Cody gets the win coming out of that. Um, there is silver lining to a degree where, I mean, clearly he's not going to win the World Heavyweight Championship or at least be the first person to win it. So that gives me more hope that Cody will be the one to to finish the story and, and take down Roman eventually. But it makes me feel like we're going to have to wait until WrestleMania. So, like, I think we have a whole year before we get Cody versus Roman again. And it's going to, and that'll be the WrestleMania main event. Cody will actually get the job done at WrestleMania 30, is my, I guess, my gut feeling. Or maybe it happens at SummerSlam. I guess they kind of expedite the process. But, like, I, and once again, I don't want to get into all of that because I feel like it devalues that by having another championship on another show. But the, the, the point really is we're going to get Cody and Brock again. I'd, I'd imagine Brock will win. But then again, you know, Cody beat Seth all three times. So like maybe not if you not if you go and see Joey Chestnut on May 26th, whenever that yes. show is. I need then to find Cody's out where, definitely winning. I need to find out where Joey Chestnut is the day of uh of uh what Night of Night Champions? Champions? Yeah, Night of Champions. Because then we have when's the when's the Saudi Arabia show? June? The Saudi Arabia show? No, that that is Night of Champions. That's in May. Oh, it all is in that's that yeah. is Night of Champions. Right, I yeah. forgot that that was. We just had backlash in the night of champ, but that, and that's only in like two weeks, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay, that's why I'm getting thrown off because backlash just happened. So that that's right. Okay. Um. So night of champions in Saudi Arabia in two weeks. Okay, got it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Like, do you, I mean, do you feel like Brock's going to get the win here in Saudi Arabia, or I mean that I mean if you're going to beat the nightmare anywhere, you might as well do it in Saudi Arabia, I guess. 
I, I think that Brock will probably win in Saudi, and then they'll set up a third match. They honestly might be able to extend that to SummerSlam, probably. or maybe they do it in, in in Money in the Bank, and that takes Cody out of Money in the Bank, and you won't, and that takes Brock allegedly out of Money in the Bank until he just shows up last minute, uh, <laughs> like he did that one year. Same with Cody, he could just show up last minute and just win the win the briefcase, unhook the briefcase. I think Brock wins. Uh, I think WWE's booking has been pretty cowardly of Cody so far. I, I think he should have beaten Brock. And I think he should have beat him maybe a little bit more definitive. Or if he's going to beat him like that, I think Brock should just beat him up afterwards. Him running away, it, it was such a like, oh, I got lucky type of move. And I don't feel like Cody is, should be the I got lucky type of person. Like they, this is a guy who just oozes a lot of confidence. And I understand that confidence took a little bit of a hit after WrestleMania, but I don't need him to be the, I got lucky guy. I would have preferred he beat Brock. He just kind of still lay there, sell the beating. And then Brock gets up and then still kicks his ass. That can still show that Cody got lucky. It's like, Oh, he got this pinfall, but he's the one that's still down. Brock is up. Oh, Brock's kicking his ass some more on this. So I, I think that, uh, I think that would have been better. I also I said this earlier on on in the weeds of I think Seth should have beaten Cody in the main event on Raw. I think Cody should have won his triple threat match, and I think Seth should have beaten Cody in the main event clean. By the way, he should have beaten him clean. Um, but Cody it, it isn't technically clean because Cody's selling all the injuries from sure. the Brock match. One triple threat match, the Brock attacks. He's selling all that, but so Seth beats him. And Seth kind of gets a little bit of a win back uh, over Cody. And then so Seth gets that conquer and then he beats Edge at Night of Champions. So he gets that back from the Edge feud a couple years ago to, to win the title. I think that would have been a good art for Seth. You can continue the Cody and Brock stuff. Brock can attack Cody after Cody loses to Seth Rollins. That's fine if you want to continue it that way. I think it's been some kind of cowardly booking of of Cody Rhodes and I think they're trying they're trying too hard to full on make him this plucky underdog baby face and I don't think that is the Cody Rhodes persona. I agree. I 100% agree cuz when he when he came in all the way up until WrestleMania, he he they made him seem like he was almost like Roman's equal. Like he wasn't afraid of anyone, he wasn't having to get lucky. He was doing the work. He fought through injury to beat Seth, all this stuff. And like, and <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I can, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but this is just more proof. They should, he should just beat Roman at WrestleMania. Like if they were doing all this stuff at, with him as the champion, it makes so much more sense. Like you barely retain over Brock and he still wants revenge. So you got to defend it against him again, a night of champions or something. You know what I mean? It's like, these are all, these are title matches. That's a completely different dynamic. It's a totally different thing. With this all being non-title, it's it's really comes off more like, will they or won't they go with Cody eventually? Because you you had it, and now, how long are you going to prolong this? And also, I hate to even put this out into the world. I really hate it. How long till he starts getting booed? Like if you're going to put him in this position, because he's because the cheers are already starting to wane a little bit, he's starting to get kind of a little bit of a mixed reaction. It feels like the whoa, like that's always that's going to get the big pop every time. But like the that's it's concerning to me. Where it's like the the longer you wait to do this, 
the more obstacles you put in Cody's way, the more times we have to see Cody lose, which he, we've only seen the Roman loss of at this point, to be fair. But like, let's assume if he loses to Brock, if he loses to anyone else, if he loses to Seth or whatever, it's just like, it just devalues, devalues, devalues to the point where people might stop believing in Cody, which was a big part of the draw into WrestleMania was we had this full belief that like he was the guy to do it and he didn't. And now it's like, I just really hope we don't wind up in the same kind of situation. He was in AW again, where like he starts getting the mixed reaction because I don't think they'll stick with it when they, in WWE, they'll make him turn. I think if it comes down to it, I don't think they're going to want, they, or they could do kind of go with like the Cena thing, but for them, for the Cena thing to work, he has to be the, the main guy in the company he has to be the champion. Because a big a big reason why the Cena stuff worked with like the the mixed reaction was because he could just he as a character he could just phase it out and do his thing because he was still the face of the company he's still the world champion he's still winning main events of WrestleManias so he can just like let the he didn't have to listen to any of the hate he's got his fans the kids love him and he just like kind of waves at the haters smiling you know what I mean with 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 Cody this is differently if he can't win championships if he starts losing big matches if he can't beat Roman if he can't finish the story that's a di- that's a totally different thing you know what i mean you're just kind of you're just a, a loser a job. yeah which is He's like just a giant old well, loser well, no. well and honestly that's not even that it, the the real answer there is he's just like everyone else that's the real problem. Bunch that's of losers. Right. Well, right. Exactly. If you want to consider, to be fair, right. If you want to consider Roman a winner and everyone else losers, that's pretty much where we would be at. Yeah. Like you yeah. have one winner on Roman Reigns and then like everyone else is the same. And that's, that, that is a fear. Like you had a Bunch real opportunity. To- asking Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman to pay attention to them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I feel about all that stuff. You know, I'm, it's frustrating, but I, I liked the, the rock match. I loved the finish. I thought it was clever and it was a good way of having Cody win and legitimate too. People know Cody's, you know, amateur wrestling background and stuff. Like it would make sense that he would have a clever way to keep Brock's shoulders down for three. So it's, I like all that, but I do have the fear once again, that Brock's going to beat him in Saudi Arabia and he's going to start getting in this, in this, this no man's land and maybe start getting the, the mixed reaction. And then, from there, who knows? Because if they're still trying to decide if Cody's the guy to beat Roman or not, it's going to make their decision way more difficult if he's getting booed all of a sudden. They're going to be like, oh, well, we don't want whoever wins is going to have to, it's going to have to be all cheers. So we're going to have to figure something else out. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's mm. anyway, we can. Don't worry. They're maybe in the top of the fourth right now. Five yeah, I know. The third was also yeah. many. There <clears throat> may be, there may be like one out in the top of the fourth right now. And that's what dude, we're doing. And I don't know how you, people can even view that kind of stuff that way. I know this is that's Triple H's own quote, but it's like WrestleMania it's should quote. be. That's oh, Roman's sorry, Roman. Quote. Sorry, Roman's quote. I'm sorry, but the but the like WrestleMania should be the end of the game. Like like that, that's the ninth inning. The the bottom of the ninth is the main event of WrestleMania. The new game starts on Monday Night Raw. That's how it should be looked at. Roman. We should be we shouldn't be using WrestleMania to 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 start or continue stories like that should be the closeout and then the reset should be Monday on Raw. Roman is basically implied. I mean, WrestleMania will be the end game if WrestleMania 39 is the bottom of the third. WrestleMania 40 is the bottom of the sixth, and WrestleMania 41 uh-huh. is finally at the bottom of the ninth. That's what I'm getting from that conversation. Is mm-hmm. we got another. I mean, maybe, you know, it could be, it's been two years this storyline has been going on. So maybe the bottom of the sixth isn't until WrestleMania 41 and the bottom of the ninth isn't until WrestleMania 43. Maybe that's where we're at. 
on this. Honestly, if Cody, I'm going to be honest, if Cody isn't going to be the one to beat Roman soon, I just do that. Just have Roman just be the champion and just have just have him beat Bruno. Like, I don't care if he's there twice a year or whatever with that with that title. Like, if you're going to dig that deep into this, like a thousand days, a thousand days. Like, but once again, I was satisfied with 900 days or whatever. It was still impressive enough. But if Cody's not the guy, just leave it on Roman forever. Fuck it, right? I mean, like, you've already established that you have to make another world championship title because he has done two things. He's beaten everybody and he's too good. And also he's he's negotiated himself, admittingly, by the, the EVP or the, the owner or whatever you want to call it, Triple H. Triple H is admitted on television. He negotiated himself in such a good deal that he doesn't have to be there, but he's still the champion. So whatever. WrestleMania 44, extra innings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. Shytown Spurs gives us super chest as I'm just having a conversation. Words always used before talking some BS. Hey, that's that's fair, Shytown. That's fair. <laughs> Thanks for the super chat, but that that that's fair. I like to preface stuff sometimes, you know, just to, just to make it clear kind of where I'm really what I don't want to do is come off like I'm reporting or misrepresenting something when like in reality, I'm literally just I'm I'm bullshitting myself, and I want to make sure people know that when when I say the shit that I'm saying. So uh my or your aw that your wwe spotlight Stephen jensen was bad bunny bad yeah. bunny being that's who should beat roman reigns he should beat him tomorrow night on smackdown honestly let's put the title on bad bunny have him go to coachella and the met gala and the grammys wearing both the belts and everything you know much publicity you're getting with bad bunny doing all this stuff let's go out there and do that He'll show up just as much as Roman Reigns does at this point. Just go have Bad Bunny be the champion of WWE. He ruled yeah. the match against uh, Damian Priest at Backlash. I thought was one of the greatest matches of all time, and I don't say that jokingly. Uh, it it was one of my favorite matches. Bad Bunny. I praised him a lot leading up to this. All my praise was justified. Your thoughts on Bad Bunny? Oh, dude, this was incredible. This whole show, by the way, I want to give a massive shout out to the the Puerto Rican crowd. Like, what an event. Like, those, that was one of my favorite WWE pay-per-views I've ever watched. That was easily one of my favorites in the last, like, decade. Um, <clears throat> and this is just more proof of, like, the reach the WWE has worldwide and how, how much some of these areas are just craving the live events because – Man, if you're Puerto Rico, like I, I go back to Puerto Rico soon. Listen, we're I'm good in the states. Like you come around Atlanta, you know, once or twice a year or whatever, so I can check the show out if they're in town or you go see Cody live. You know, that's cool. But like, get out more to these these other places because if you can get more crowds like this on a regular basis, like that is that was legit. That was special. Like that yeah. the vibe in that building and the way the crowd reacted to stuff um, throughout the entire show. Um, but specifically we'll talk about bad bunny right now in that crowd because when his intro hit when that song hit and he came out on that that giant entrance ramp and i'm i don't know spanish i have no idea what this what this song is about i don't know the words in the song i'm just going to do my best to try to paint a picture here when you see an entire arena full of people all together jumping up and down with their hands up in unison you know they're all they all but they don't know the words right and they're just and it's just like i was like oh my god this is incredible 
I was like, this is this is Bad Bunny at Coachella or whatever, but in wrestling. Like this is like that was a special, special moment. Like that was something where that would have been that was maybe my favorite intro that walkout that I've ever seen in wrestling. When you have these people just in unison like that, it's just like this energy that you just don't see often. And it's for a dude who is just he's a god in this area right so it's like everyone knows his music everyone like he's and he's he's the biggest guy in 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 entertainment as we talked about week after week right so it's like dude this was awesome this was legitimately awesome when carlito came out and the place went insane at the austin pop <laughs> dude you would have thought that was hulk hogan you know returning at you know to face the rock at wrestlemania like you know what i mean like here it was like that was that was awesome. Um, Savio Vega, same kind of thing. Anywhere, if that if that same thing happens at just like a random WWE event in the states, no offense to Savio Vega, most of the current WWE audience probably wouldn't even know who he is. But you do that in Puerto Rico, that place goes nuts. And how and dude, I was watching so many different like cam video or like videos that people were taking of like you know from like the, like the fans that were taking throughout the show. I was watching Issa's videos of like her like doing the song along with Bad Bunny and all that. Um, I saw videos of fans like when Carlito came out, this dude with his daughter, he picks her up, but they're jumping up and down together, and all the fans are like, once again, it's like it was this cool just energy of this this unison of like everyone jumping together and screaming together and everyone knowing the the words of the same songs together and like. Man, like I legitimately, completely unironically, no joke, that was like a legitimately special show. And that was, that makes me really happy to be a wrestling fan. Like when I see that kind of stuff and just for Bad Bunny to be involved and with how big of a star he is. And and once again, it wasn't even just Bad Bunny. Like when, when Zelina came out, it was obviously, that was super special. The first match of the show, um, the first EO. match was the women's title match, right? Yeah, that match ruled and the crowd was super hot for it. I mean, what a what a fucking show. Like honestly, like like huge shout out to to WWE and to the Puerto Rican crowd and to just everyone involved in that whole thing. Like that was that was awesome. Awesome, awesome event. I'm so happy that 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 I that I watched that live and and took that experience in as a wrestling fan. On Friday night, Bad Bunny got a big pop when he came out to to save Ray. It was joined by the LWO and everything. And like I watched that a couple times on Saturday. I was like, "Oh, this this, this pop is a little bit different than than anything else." And then on Saturday, I was just like waiting in anticipation for the Bad Bunny pop after Priest is in the ring and everything. It's a new song. It wasn't the, the Booker T song. It was uh, Chambia. I hope I said that right. Probably didn't. Um, but it, it was a new song and like the music first hits and the roar is so loud. And the, I love the drone shot that they did. Over that the I love the drone shot just yeah. throughout going into the arena and stuff like yeah, that. They opened the show, like the opening shot yeah. was the drone. I think that was, yeah, that, 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 that seems like an now. endeavor move to me, by the way. They, like they need yeah. to keep with that. Whoever yeah. made that call, they need to keep with that. Cause that shot is great. Uh, I'd like the drone shot on, on bad bunny too. I love the simplicity of the arena, you know, nowadays WWE with the giant screens and everything. I love the old MSG arena where it's just like, here's your entrance way. It's very small, but like you're the, you feel like the crowd is on top of you where in a lot of WWE shows, because it's so theatric and so set up and so over the top, the crowd seems just like very spaced out 
and everything. I like the feeling when it feels like the crowd is like on top of the wrestlers, on top of the action, because it just there's a different vibe to that. So Bad Bunny comes out, and yeah, the music hits. I don't know the lyrics, but every single almost eighteen thousand people in that arena yeah. knew the lyrics. Yeah. I've watched that entrance, no joke. I've watched it once today, just to yeah. like experience it again because it is something else like it is it was a special special interest and bad bunny i can't say enough good things about him i i praised him a lot i made him a spotlight a couple of times mm-hmm. leading up to this because like i'm just super impressed of how much he is into this wwe he knows world. exactly what he's doing he knows oh yeah exactly what he, like he knew exactly he timed out pulling off the 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 curtain off of the um off the shopping cart the raven style shopping cart of weapons like he timed that exactly when they announced his name. Like he, like he's like too. He knows exactly what he's doing out there. Joel, Joel Pearl. I don't like giving him any credit, but he made a good point on our our show yesterday. Of like, Bad Bunny comes in, and it feels like he's part of the WWE universe. Like he's yeah. doing his thing with Damian Priest, but it feels like he's a guy. He's the most streamed artist in the world, but he doesn't like tout any of that. It's just like. I'm Bad Bunny, but I'm here to be part of your world. Whereas you got a guy like Logan Paul, I'm here to promote Logan Paul and do Logan Paul type sure. of things. It's definitely a different thing, for sure. Like, they're both big celebrities, but, like, Logan Paul is just super athletic, and he, he'll he do this anywhere. Like, if, if there's money to be made in boxing and he can use his fame and athleticism there, he'll do it. If it if it arises in MMA, I'm sure he would try that as well. He's doing it in pro wrestling. Um, he feels very much like an athlete, like a, like a celebrity athlete that it would just, it's just really good at doing this kind of stuff. Like, I think he's a, he's a more athletic, he can do more in the ring. He's more athletic than a guy like bad bunny. Like if he wanted to, he could probably be a full time. He was so good bad bunny, by the way, but like Logan Paul has the look and the, the, you know, like the stuff he does, like when he does like a move from the turnbuckle through the announce table and stuff like there's a lot of wrestlers who are full-time wrestlers that couldn't make it look as good as he makes it look and stuff like that. But the difference is Bad Bunny's passion. He's an actual lifelong pro wrestling fan. Logan Paul, you know, he did that episode of Impulsive with Cody not too long ago. And Cody's like talking to him about like Ricochet on the indies and stuff. And Logan's like, Ricochet was on the indies? You know, it's like he has he has no idea about like the history of the business, where any of these people came from or anything. He just, he shows up, he makes his money. He does really cool stuff. He promotes the brand. He promotes prime energy and all that kind of stuff. Bad Bunny is there because he loves this business. As Jeremy Lambert would say, he legitimately loves it. And he just, he wants to be a part of it. He wouldn't care if he was going out there losing every single match. He wouldn't care what the re- who the wrestler was. He just wants to be involved. Um, so, and by the way, this 1 million percent should have been the main event. Bad Bunny versus okay. Damien should have 1 million percent main evented. I agree. I agree with you. Um, Adrian Hernandez, who works for the Bet Las Vegas, he was there uh, in, in Puerto Rico for Backlash and, and SmackDown. He made a point of... He was in the media section and stuff. He made a point that it may not, this is not confirmed or anything. It may not have been the main event because they wanted to end that match before local media started, like local news started in Puerto Rico. So they could get clips and highlights and out to local news that night. That's Adrian's point, not confirmed or anything. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's very logical. If that is the reason completely understandable yes if that's not the reason they should lie and say that's the reason yes i agree i agree because that because that's really the only reason that would make sense right because 
even uh my brother i my brother said well maybe they did it because they, you know kids you know before kids go to sleep and i was like yeah, i guess maybe but it's still a pretty late show regardless i don't know it's um, a saturday night too like, yeah right yeah so that's all i was you know that's the only thing i could think parents. of yeah right right so Not my but, kids go to bed but the, the the local media thing actually that would actually make a lot of sense if that was the case but outside of that, there's no, there's no excuse. <laughs> like when, yeah. when you, when you, when you have that kind of re- re- reaction, like that should have been the main event. Let's move on to our other spotlight, Stephen Jensen. Our product is what it is. We are going straight up the middle. God, we're we're gonna talk about NWA. Amazingly, Camille is at over 700 days as NWA Women's Champion. Jensen, this is your spotlight. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, I mean, I just wanted to kind of highlight and throw it out there. I mean, that's where we were talking about Roman Reigns and a thousand days so much. I was like, you know what? Camille over here in the NWA has gone 700 days. Um, What's your favorite Camille match from this reign? I'm looking through um, I'm looking through the cage match right now. She had a really good one against Angelina Love at the, like, it was a recent pay-per-view. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Um, I'm looking through right now. It was Angelina Love and Camille which pay-per-view was it? Someone in the chat's going to know bet faster than me. It was like, it was a very recent pay-per-view. Um, it was, it was like a, it was like a, a, a street fight of some kind. It was really good. Recent um, were like hard times and then hard times. And I think they have a pay-per-view called hard times. Sorry. It was a uh, end of enough set. That's what it was. Oh it yeah. Was like the NWA build after Tyrus. That's yes. But, but but I'm just saying like the NWA like that match though the Camille versus Angelina Love match I thought actually was really good. Um, there's actually been some there have been good Camille matches and the reason I want to like highlight her today is because what they've done with her I think is actually like there's a lot about the NWA that like isn't good and it's a really tough show to watch pretty often I cover it for the Weekender so like I watch it all the time but it's one of those things where like. She's she's shown a lot of improvement. They put the title on her without really knowing how it was going to go. Probably very similar to kind of a Jade Cargill type scenario, and they've stuck with her. And they where, where they're at now with it, just for to get people caught up, is on the most recent episode of Power. She went to a ten limit time a ten minute time limit draw against Natalia Markova. Markova had her in like her double armbar submission at, at the end of the ten minutes, and Camille looked like she was close to maybe tapping. So like they're they're continuing to build people because like Angelina Love, I thought had a good shot at maybe beating her. Um, and I, now I feel like Markova might have a good shot, which is kind of hard to do when you've been a champion for like a really long time to like build credible challengers. So that was really the only reason I wanted to bring it up was because for one, we choose spotlights from outside of the stuff we always, you know, we normally talk about. So I want to talk some NWA today and um, want to give Camille, uh, you know, her credit. She's, she's done really well with that title. I think she's gotten a lot better over this time. Um, and she's honestly, on a show that doesn't have a whole lot of highlights very often, she honestly is usually one of the better, if not the best parts of the NWA product on a regular basis. So I, I, I want to give her the credit she deserves. And if she wasn't in the NWA, I think that she would do like really well for herself in another company because she has a great look. And once again, she continues to improve and the stuff she needs to do in the ring, she does well. So it's like, you know, I feel like we probably people probably should be talking about her more in the grand scheme of things, but don't because she's in the NWA. You know what I mean? I'm I'm completely with you on that. I, I'm I'm joking a little bit with the the Camille stuff. I did. Uh, it was very early in her run. The match against Layla Hirsch was really yeah good. Um, yeah. I love that match. 
the more recently the match against uh taya was really good as well um so look she's had good matches in her run i completely agree with you that she is a, a very rare bright spot on the nwa product she has a look she has a presence she's getting much better in the ring like you go back and watch like early camille stuff to now night and day kind of stuff and you can see the improvement largely when the the thunder rosa feud happened that was a big test for her and i thought she she handled herself well being in that spot and she's continued to grow and continue to improve throughout this title ring i really don't have a knock on camille at all i think she can she's a bright spot in the nwa the problem for camille is that the nwa is such a tainted product right now that it almost drags her down and I know she's trying her best to get everything she can uh, to boost the NWA. It feels like she's outgrown that brand a little bit. And I would like to see her, I'd like to see her just go elsewhere and, and get other opportunities if, if those are presented to her. Uh, because I think she can, I think she can have an impact elsewhere in the industry that just, it ain't going to happen in the NWA. And like, she's got the loyalty, it seems like good on her. Uh, you know, if she's happy, if she's doing, she's satisfied with things, then there, I'm not saying, hey, look for greener pastures because you never know how that's going to work out. Um, I'm saying personally, as a fan, I would like to see her in a different environment to to see her, to see what she can do just in a different environment, because I think she's just kind of outgrown where the NWA is at right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. And, you know, like, I, I think kind of a big dream match like long term, I really want to see her versus Jade just because of the career trajectories being so parallel eventually. And I like this too, John, with a with a chat, uh, Camille versus Charlotte, you know, because do I think Camille's quite on Charlotte's level? Completely honestly, no. But I think if she was in the ring with someone the level of Charlotte, they'd put on a really, really good match. Camille would learn a lot in the ring with someone like Charlotte. Um, yep. And they would, and they physically match up well against each other. Like, you know, the looks test as far as like, you see them in like a, if you saw them like, like on a poster looking at each other, you'd be like, Ooh, okay. This, this is interesting. Even if you weren't a wrestling fan, you'd be like, I want to see how this goes. You know what I mean? So for sure. Uh, my other spotlight is Ninja Mac, who has been on the show before a long time ago, but Ninja Mac. Yes. Uh, you want to make a bet? Ninja Mac is going to be on ROH tonight. He's going to face Willie Mac. Uh, on yeah. ROH, and I want to spotlight this one because we love Ninja Mac. He's great. Uh, I'm really happy that he's going to be on ROH and get more visible uh, to the American fans because he's been doing a lot of stuff uh, with Pro Wrestling Noah as of late. So now, mm-hmm. uh, good opportunity on ROH. And two, because it seems like AEW Dark and Dark Elevation are done. Uh, they recorded bonus matches last night before Dynamite, so no Dark Dark Elevation. That was a big spot for for indie wrestlers you know how many people have we had on our show that we've asked about like talk to us about your aw experience from from dark dark elevation like we've had a lot of those uh independent wrestlers who have been part of that and now with that being out it seems like roh might kind of be the place for that where these independent guys kind of get that opportunity and it seems like guys like ninja mac are gonna start getting uh those shots on you know gringo loco was on roh a few weeks ago uh, so it seems like now, out. yeah, yeah. So it seems like now ROH is going to kind of be that place to kind of put those uh, independent showcases on. So your thoughts, Jensen? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah, I agree. I, uh, I'm looking forward to Willie Mac versus, um, versus Ninja Mac. I, I, I read out the spoilers for Ring of Honor on the weekender this past week, and uh, that one really caught my eye because I'm, all, I'm a really big Willie Mac fan as well. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of both of those dudes. 
Willie Mack's a guy who I've said ever since the Lucha Underground days, really since like the PWG days, that like he's he's such unique talent with like his look and his move set and everything and his background that like I'm I'm shocked that Impact never made him the world champion, like as long as he was there and stuff like that. I shouldn't say shocked. They have a history of not pushing the people I want them to push. But um and, and Willie Mack's been a, a, he's been great in GCW since popping up there also, since leaving Impact and stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to Willie Mack versus Ninja Mac a lot. Um, and like you said, I, I think you're right on the money with kind of how things are playing out where we're going to see, you know, dark and elevation are going to be no more. And this is going to be the place to kind of highlight, uh, kind of test out talent, um, in, in a lot of ways. And also it's good having ring of honor as that other brand, cause they can, they can provide alternatives and give people work that may not be a good fit right now in AEW for whatever reason. So, um, so yeah, and, and maybe this will lead to like a, some sort of weird tag team, like the Max or something, like because they both got the same last name. I don't know, but uh, oh Tony, but I'm, I'm looking forward that to Return it. of the Max. You get Return of the Max. License that music. Oh, yeah. license it. Yeah. <laughs> that one might cost. I don't know. That seems like a that seems like a song that might cost a pretty penny. Yeah, probably. I know uh, Anthony Smith in the UFC has used that as his walkout music for like forever. Um, but I know they don't have to license it for that, or there's a, it's different. But uh, but yeah, I. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I think that Ring of Honor is a great place, especially obviously it's owned by Tony Khan. So that's that's a great place to be if you're someone like Ninja Mac who wants uh, their name more out there in the States and potentially an in with AEW, potentially an in to wrestle in Ring of Honor more often and uh, get more reps out there in front of kind of the... I, let me put it this way. I doubt... I could be wrong. I doubt anyone, if very many... There, there's probably not that many people who watch Ring of Honor that don't watch AEW. You know what I mean? Like pretty much anyone who watches Ring of Honor is also an AEW fan. Yeah. So that's that's valuable too to get on Ring of Honor TV and get yourself in front of the AEW audience if they don't know much about you. Move on to our indie spotlight. I'm gonna give a big motherfucking shout out. Big motherfucking shout out to Roderick Strong, who's returning to the independent scene after now signing with AEW. He's got, I think, a dream match for a lot of people. Uh, Roderick Strong and Speedball coming up at, at Wrestling Revolver. He's also going to be um, on Wrestle Prestige. He's going to face, um, or Prestige Wrestling, sorry. He's going to face Kevin Blackwood. So Roderick Strong back on the independent scene. And he's also got a match against Chris Sherco next week. So Roderick Strong kind of making the rounds. But thoughts on uh, Roddy now returning to the independent scene? Yeah, it's great. I mean, especially once I started seeing, like, when, when he left WWE, I, I'm not going to lie, when he left WWE, well, I shouldn't say when he left WWE, when we found out he was in AEW, because no one really knew he left WWE. Yeah. That, that honestly, and it should have, that didn't even come across, like, it just went right over my head, this idea of, like, Roddy going back to the indies. I didn't even think about it. I was just like, oh, he's in AEW now. Okay, cool. And then we'll see. Like, oh, shit, that's right. He can work indies now. So, like, I started seeing these announcements, and I'm like, speedball Mike Bailey. Kevin Blackwood. Okay. I like this. Because Roderick Strong, legitimately one of the best in ring wrestlers you're going to find in the world. So, like, if he can go out there and have matches against guys he's never wrestled before in places that are going to have no real restrictions on what he can do or what they, they can do in, ma- in these matches and stuff, dude, him and Speedball is going to be insane. Him and Blackwood's going to be insane. Like, these are badass matches. Anyone who Roderick Strong fights on the indies is going to be a badass match. I don't know if he's planning on doing it like long-term popping in and out, just get some of these out of his system before he gets like really grinding in AEW. I don't know. But like, uh, as a fan of Roger strong, as a fan of independent professional wrestling, this is only going to be a great thing for wrestling fans and for the wrestlers involved. Like Roddy's going to bring in 
eyes to the shows that he's on. He's going to have matches. He's going to elevate talent. As much as we talk about guys like Kevin Blackwood, there's a lot of people who don't know about him, but they're going to find out about him once they start seeing viral clips of some badass match he had against Roderick Strong. So, yeah, this rules. I, I can't wait. I, I get Roderick Strong versus the world. Like, just get, give and any anyone with any talent at all in the Indies should be begging to get in the ring with Roderick Strong if he's available. I'm very excited for Roddy's indie run because we have not seen. He hasn't wrestled in forever before you know the uh, the multi man match last week and wrestling forever. He's been off WWE television. Uh, the multi man match was a nice little taste of what we we know Roderick Strong can do. The match against Chris Jericho probably be another taste. No offense, to Chris Jericho is it's simply a fact that he's a little bit older and look, Jericho's so crazy he might go out there and take all of these uh, backbreakers and whatnot. But he's not going to wrestle at a speed that a speedball Mike Bailey or a style at a pace that Kevin Blackwood is going to wrestle either. Uh, there's multiple reasons for that. And Jericho a little bit older to television. You just have the, the television workarounds to deal with. It's just a different style, different pacing, just being on television uh, as well. So like you said, there's going to be no real restrictions when it comes to Roddy in these matches. We're going to see like really what Roddy has left, which I am going to presume is a lot still. Um, and we're going to see some some vintage Roderick Strong in these matches, which I, I can't I can't wait for. I can't wait for him and Speedball. Is it's just going to be yeah, uh, just an outstanding match. Kevin Blackwood, you're right about like yeah, wrestling Roderick Strong. Like if you don't know who Kevin Blackwood is, you're probably if you watch this match or if you see a clip, you're gonna learn a bit a little bit about Kevin Blackwood and why he is uh, one of the top names on the independent scene. So looking forward to uh, Indy Roddy going out there. My indie spotlight, Stephen Jensen, is the Queen of the Indies tournament, which uh, West Coast Pro is running this weekend. That's on uh, May 13th. Uh, it's going to air on independent uh, wrestling TV, IWTV. So we've got names like uh, Lady Frost, Masha Slamovich, Billy Starks, Queen Amanada are in this tournament. And uh, yeah, West Coast Pro, Chris Hero is the matchmaker for, for this promotion as well. But uh, what stands out, who stands out to you in, in this tournament? Um, yeah, some of those names you just mentioned, obviously. Um, there's going to be people in this tournament, too, that I don't know a ton about. So, like, I'm I'm looking forward to, like, you know, it's always cool for me, too, with all the indie wrestling I watch when there's, like, some some talents that, like, I just don't know much about. Like, I'm looking forward to it. Um, as far as, like, who I think will probably – and, by the way, knowing Chris Hero is involved, like, is going to make that that much better, by the way, for, you know, he's the man. He's a wrestling genius himself. Um I would say as far as like the lineup, it's tough. Cause like, do you want the win to go to someone who's going to be around or like, cause like right. Billy Starks really stands out obviously, but we all know she's heading to AEW. So like, and like Masha Slamovich makes a lot of sense being the current GCW champion, but like, does she really need the win? You know what I mean? She's already like super established. Like, do you want to use this to really uh, establish someone even bigger? That's going to be on the West coast more often. That's probably the goal. I would guess you, you probably want someone to win. Who's going to be attending West coast pro shows more consistently going forward. So I don't, I really don't know. I don't know. I think lady frost is a good, like dark horse in this thing because she's kind of been under the radar since whatever happened with her leaving impact. So like, and she's really talented. And I felt like her in impact, like she had a lot of momentum and then it just was over. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent here. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, it's in two days. So check it out on IWTV. Use code fight talk. F I G H T T A L K. All is one word, no spaces. I'm with you on, you know, do you go with an established 
or do you go with someone who maybe needs it a little bit more? Knowing Chris Hero and his history on the independent scene and how many independent tournaments he's been part of or seen, uh, I feel like he's going to go with someone who maybe needs it a little bit more. And for some reason, Queen Amanada is really catching me of like, Maybe you go with this person because because she's uh, still in Maria, the tournament. I know she I know she was hurt or something. She missed Battle Slam. I don't know if she's if she's in that store or not. I, I she might be. I just don't know. I had the lineup and it was it was there. Uh, but maybe maybe I'm completely wrong. I mean, and I don't know why she missed Battle Slam. By the way, I don't know if it was because of injury or something. Because, because I, and the only reason I brought it up is because Battle Slam was just like a week or whatever ago when I was there. Oh, you're right. She was that. replaced. She was replaced by Mio. Um, all right. Well, that throws off my entire thing. Uh, hey, I love I love me some Queen. I love Queen Aminata, but yeah, I had a feeling she might not be at that. So, okay, come on then. Um, <laughs> then I, then maybe someone like Hyen, you, you go sure. with her to give her that victory. Um, yeah. Well, there, there goes uh, my my Queen Aminata <laughs> prediction. Now I'm I'm kind of lost on, on who might end up winning this thing. Uh, so we shall see though. Uh, it, it, like you said, uh, when we know some of these established names, we know like Lady Frost, Masha Slamovich, Billy Starks, they've been on national television and everything. This is a good good way to maybe be introduced to, to some of these uh, other females who we don't know as much about. So I do look forward to, to learning a little bit more about them as they compete in this tournament. So uh, check it out. It's on IWTV. Use the code FIGHTTALK. Uh, if you would like to to do that this weekend, that's uh, May 13th. Jensen, I know you got to go. Let everybody know where they can find you at. Yes, um, I go clock in for the shoot job. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. That's F-I-G-H-T-A-L-K underscore. Uh, subscribe to the Fightful Select. Or subscribe to Fightful Select so you can listen to the Week Editor podcast and get all the news and everything over there, all the extra podcasts. Um, I upload that every Friday, or sorry, every Friday. I will upload that every Sunday, sometimes on Mondays, depending on what's going on. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, subscribe over there to FightfulSelect.com. Listen to the Weekender podcast every Sunday. Make sure to subscribe to this channel. Make sure to hit the like button here on this video. We really appreciate that. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this interview with myself and Trey Lamar. You're a really, really nice dude. I think you're going to enjoy the combo. And uh, we talked about a whole lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And I uh, appreciate seeing everyone in the chat. Good seeing you, Jeremy. I'm going to go talk to people on the phone for like nine hours straight and lose my voice. So, yeah. Tell them about your adventures with Joey Chestnut and, and Cody Rhodes. I was also talk, talking to people about, I, I've joked about it before, but like there was a solid few days where after Cody lost to WrestleMania, people were calling in and I wasn't saying this because like, I don't want to lose my job. As a matter of fact, I just got a raise on my job yesterday. I just, nice. I just Congrats. Through, so. Thank you. Thank you. But, um, but <laughs> there was a few days there where people were calling in. I'm just like, could have lost the WrestleMania. Go away. You know what I mean? Like, just like, why, like, why are you calling me? You know, you, you know, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. Um, anyway, good seeing you, Jeremy. Good seeing everyone in the chat. You guys have a good weekend and, uh, you'll hear next from me on, uh, you're next to me on Sunday. And also, we're going to be doing Degrassi Dudes. Me and SP3 are going to have another episode for y'all on Overbooked sometime, probably the next like week or two. So keep a lookout for that. See y'all. Thank you, Jensen. Thank you as always to the great Steven Jensen. Go follow him on Twitter at fighttalk underscore. Look at this beautiful scenery background here that I have going on. All right, guys, let's get into this interview 
with Trey Lamar. It is Steven Jensen flying solo on this one, uh, but he worked very hard to, to put it together. We had to figure out the time. Unfortunately, I had, uh, had things going on. I could not make uh, this interview, but Steven Jensen held it down. Got a lot of great information from, from Trey Lamar, who has been all around the independent scene. He talks about being trained by Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano. Talks about uh, dream matches that, that he would like to have, his future goals, short-term and long-term. Uh, talks about teaming with Two Cold Scorpio as well. A lot of praise for various independent wrestlers out there. Seems like a nice dude, Trey Lamar. Uh, so everyone enjoy this interview. Here we go with our creator's spotlight, Steven Jensen speaking to Trey Lamar. Welcome to the Creator Spotlight, the interview portion of the Spotlight right here on Fightful. I am Steven Jensen, normally joined by Jeremy Lambert. He couldn't make it today, but I wanted to make sure to do this interview today because we've been trying to make it happen for a while. It is me today with Trey Lamar, independent professional wrestler. You've seen him on AEW. You've seen him on Impact. He's all over the place. Trey, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, like I said just a second ago, we've... Uh, We've been talking about doing this one for a while, so I'm glad our, our schedules finally finally matched up. And you're you've been traveling, right? Like you're traveling right now, aren't you? Or you just you just traveled? Yeah, I actually I just got back in the early morning. I had a show yesterday in Canada for Courage Pro. They just made their return. How did that show go? Oh, it was great. I loved it there. Like, yeah, the locker room was great. A lot of people I met for the first time. So yeah, it was it was really cool. Nice. Well, for uh for those who may be hearing from you for the first time here, or maybe fans of yours who haven't heard you in an interview before, um, kind of before you got into wrestling as an actual wrestler, like how far back do you go as a fan of all of this, and who are maybe some of your favorite wrestlers or matches? Oh man, as far as I can remember, I I had to have been like three or four years old. Um, I'd say one of my earliest memories. And like favorite matches would have been Survivor Series 2002, the Elimination Chamber match. That's definitely up there for me. Um, so yeah, around that time, I'd say I was about five years old. I'd say yeah, about five. So who are some of your favorite wrestlers? Maybe from even just that match? Because I mean, that match alone is stacked with just it's like all Hall of Famers. Oh yeah, Shawn Michaels. That's 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 my guy. Um, that's my goat. So yeah. Uh, Shawn Michaels, RVD, he was also in that match. Yep. Um, John Cena, you know, The Rock, you know, those type of guys. Those are those are my guys back in the day. Jeff Hardy as well, for sure. Nice. So, so right around that time also, like, were you getting into, like, TNA at all back then as a fan? Yeah. Um, so, like, what got me into TNA was AJ Styles. Uh, like, I, I, I watched TNA basically for him. Um, the Motor City Machine Guns as well. I gotta put them up there, but yeah, AJ was my guy. Yeah, there's some some great wrestlers. Um, what's it like? Uh, I mean, I'll just I'll probably bounce around a little bit, but what was it like? You know, considering you you've worked for Impact a little bit, you you've appeared there and wrestled there. What's it like? You know, that you were a fan all the way back then, seeing Motor City wrestling and seeing AJ Styles. And then like you're on that brand. Yeah. Uh, I was, I was definitely dope. And uh, actually, it's crazy because Alex Shelley, he played a big part in that. Um, like he like he put my name out there uh, as long like 
alongside Lee Moriarty, uh, Ben Carter at the time. Like he brought us in the impact and got us our opportunity there. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and then like also <laughs> I had noticed uh, it was Genesis that, that year of 2020. 2020, the, yeah. The, yep. This, yeah, this, um, X Cup. I noticed that like I had hit the Pele kick in that match and I'm like, I, like about a week later I noticed I was like, dang, I hit the Pele kick with impact. And, like, I remember when I was little, that was, like, the coolest move ever to me, right, uh, from AJ Styles. So I'm just like, wow, yeah, it was really cool. Man, how, how did you kind of form that relationship with uh, with Alex Shelley for him to, like, even get to the point of vouching for you for Impact? Um, so, like, it started uh, just being on a couple shows with him back in 2019. Uh, I wasn't wrestling him. I think he was, like, he – like he came, like did some appearances, and then he wrestled uh, Lee. And I remember uh, just picking his brain backstage, and like we sort of just just formed a bond, uh, especially because like one of my trainers was Johnny Gargano, and like he had a hand in like his you know career coming up. So like he he wanted to take me under his wing as well. Uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty much how that happened, and like we just formed a relationship from there. Well, you know, I was going to ask you about this, so it's a perfect transition. Um, training with Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae at the AIW Academy, what was that experience like? And, I mean, I'm sure you gained invaluable, you know, knowledge over time, you know, with, with those trainers. But was there anything that you can maybe, like, maybe tips of advice or just anything you can kind of speak to your time training with them because they're obviously two of the best? Oh, yeah. Um, I learned a lot from the, from those two uh, at the time. So – that was when Johnny had started getting his opportunity with uh, WWE. Um, he was just like doing appearances, uh, so he was he was still there, but like he like every now and then he would have to dip out. Um, so I got about seven months of training with him, and then he had took off. But yeah, in that seven months period of time, yeah, I, I learned a lot from him, and uh, yeah, he's he's a really cool guy. So that must be around. Who, who were who were kind of some of the main trainers like while he was gone? So once he left, uh, him and Candice, uh, it it went into Dominic Guarini. He took yeah. over the school, and yeah, yeah. the the bone collector. I was gonna ask you about him because he's a uh, <laughs> him and Kevin Q are both guys I've got to see live a lot because I, I lived in Nashville up until a couple years ago, so I would see them a lot at like Southern Underground Pro shows and Q like, runs those shows and. Um, and those guys just, I, I think the world of those two dudes, and I feel like they're kind of oh, right yeah. on the brink right now of like almost the in-between where it's like they've conquered the independent scene, they've done MLW, and it just feels like they're going to pop up something big. I feel like just brewing for those guys, and it has been for a while. Um, can you speak a, a bit more about Dominic Garini? Because he's a guy who, like I said, he's, he's like very much him and Q. If you know, you know, like they're, they're they've been one of the best tag teams in the world for quite a while, but I feel like they're still kind of flying under the radar on like the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dom, like, like I said, when he had, uh, he had took over the Academy and like he handled that transition really well uh, from going, like doing seminars uh, all over and just uh, from the experience that he had grabbed from his couple of years of wrestling. At the time. And, uh, he's very knowledgeable. Like he has like a deep understanding of uh, professional wrestling, and yeah, that carries over into 
you know, him and Koo, like Koo is the same way. You know, that's why they are one of the best tag teams in uh, independent professional wrestling. So, so when, when, after you like kind of got your feet wet training and everything, what were kind of your first experiences like as like a wrestler wrestling out in front of people that weren't other trainees or like your, your trainers, like out in front of like, like a, like a true audience? Oh, uh, you said, what was the experience like? Wrestling yeah, what was like, 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 was it, was it really nervous the first time you went out there? Like, was the crow, what was it? A, was it a big crowd? Was it a really small crowd? Like, how did it go for you? No, it was, so it was actually a really big crowd, like really big because, uh, like I was, I was put into a match. Like I had one match prior to that, uh, which was a bar show. And like, there was like all of the, all of the AIW faithful people, like fan base there. And like, I remember I was like really, really nervous. Um, especially cause like I wasn't prepared to wrestle that day. I sort of just, you know, I was just there as a, as a trainee, like tearing down the ring, you know, all that stuff. And, um, <clears throat> I just got the opportunity because uh, Ryan Kaplan appeared. I was like, hey, you want to wrestle Ryan Kaplan? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> but, yeah, like, so I was really, really nervous that night. Um, but then, like, I had my official, official debut, uh, which was supposed to be my actual debut. I had uh, appeared with five other of the AW trainees, and we all debuted at one time, and it was just like, like since we like gathered all of our like family and like sold as many tickets as we possibly could, it was a huge crowd that night. I don't know, like I, I don't think I was really nervous that day. I I felt very comfortable, um, just like and really excited to be out there. It was it was a great feeling. I still I'll never forget it for sure. That's awesome. I was I was, uh, I was looking at like your cage match profile and I saw that Kaplan was the first match listed and I was like I wonder if that actually was like legit the first match because cage match isn't always right. That's kind of a wild because that dude's nuts. Like he's obviously still yeah. you know an AAW staple. So yeah, he is. <laughs> he's crazy. But yeah, that was my uh, like actual debut. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. That was a wild one. How did uh how did you wind up linking up with uh, the Big Starks brand and those people over there? Uh, so. <clears throat> I had met Mouse uh, down there in the Kentucky, Indiana area. Uh, I started, like, I've I seen some of his work, uh, like, with Cole Radrick and Mance Warner. Those two, I know, like, were two of the first people I had seen, like, really taking pictures with him um, at the time. And I remember, like, like I had my debut at IWA Mid-South, and I knew he was going to be there, and I was really excited, you know, to take those pictures with Mouse. I like, was a big fan of his work. And then... Uh, so I worked with him and then I don't know, I just me and him, like he's like one of the closest people I have in, in all of wrestling. Like he's like a best friend of mine, you know? Um so yeah, it, it was just it just happened naturally, just, of course. So I'll just add it to the big stars brand as yeah. one of the core people. Cause I know like there's varying degrees of like getting in with that crew. It's like, it can, it can vary from like a really loyal friendship to like mouse just having extra knee pads and being like, yeah, throw the BSB on. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, you just make a tweet and you're, you're big stars. <laughs> I like, I always, I always give mouse a hard time about that. It's like, I remember when I first uh, met a couple of the people, people out there on the West coast, uh, out in Las Vegas, Sonico and, and Jordan Oasis. And, um, I didn't actually, I'd never met them before at the time. And I remember sitting there getting changed. And then they like, they had, I overheard them say BSB. And then like, they put a sleeve on them. Like, what? <laughs> like we got BSB people out here too. It's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I always give Mouse a hard time on that one. 
Yeah, good people. I I, uh, I met Mouse years ago at a Glory Pro show. Like I was just standing around, and I saw him taking pictures, kind of near me, and we just started talking to each other. Next thing I know, he starts telling me about his daughter, who's going to start training wrestling soon, and she's mm-hmm. a teenager. And now I'm wearing a T-shirt, as a matter of fact, and it's like. You know, it's it's wild. How, how's it been like seeing being that close to kind of the BSB and seeing the the kind of the blow up of Billy Starks and like you know kind of what's next for her and everything being you know so so young but so good so just so quickly. Oh yeah, um, it's great. I remember she used to take pictures for us. You know, like it was it's crazy. Beans photography was her her thing back then. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just really proud of her. Like and like how far she's come, like so quickly. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, like it was, it was in 2020, 2021, going into 2021. Uh, I remember like she was like her being bummed uh, that she wasn't on like a, a particular show and like uh, talking to me about it. And I remember just like, I don't know, just, just comfort her in that, in that situation, just telling her like her time will come. And yeah, it's definitely came. And like, yeah, since then she's blown up. She's out there. So yeah, I'm really proud of her for sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, it sounds like she's heading to all the wrestling. That's obviously the big, the big thing out there. I'm not really breaking any news. It's very public, like what's going on, but um, you have, you have appeared at AEW as well. How did that appearance uh, come about for you? What was that experience like? Um, so at the time uh, it was actually, it was Cody Rhodes. He actually uh, gave me the opportunity. He had, he had someone give me, his phone number and I had texted him and like we had a brief conversation and he told me that he wanted to bring me on, give me an opportunity. And so, yeah, uh, they gave me the dates and I wrestled the blade. Uh, it was, it was great. I, I loved it. Uh, the blade is such a cool dude. That was actually the first time I had ever officially met him. So yeah, I was, I was really excited to get to work with him that day and yeah, it was fun. You very cool. So I mean, you got. I mean, you couldn't have a better person vouching for you back then for AEW than Cody Rhodes. So that's exactly. I mean, yeah. that's awesome. Do you do you <laughs> currently do you, do you? I mean, I I don't want to assume anything one way or the other. Do you currently follow the WWE product like pretty closely as a fan? Uh, mainly NXT, I'd say. Uh, but like the as far as the main roster goes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Roman Reigns. That's that's ba- that's basically what I watch on the as far as the main roster goes. Okay, so that actually ties in nicely with what I was going to ask you based on what you just said here. So do you think that it was the right move to have Roman Reigns beat Cody Rhodes in the WrestleMania main event? Or should Cody have won and they should just be having like the one title belt, not like the three title belts? Like, what do you think as like a Roman Reigns guy? Uh, I mean, like I thought I thought it was a great idea, honestly, because like everybody was expecting, even me, everybody was expecting Cody to, to pull that one out and then. And having Roman go over, I'm like, okay, that was that was great. That was a nice little swerve you threw out there. Um, I mean, it would have been great, yeah, if, if Cody would have won. That would have been beautiful, a beautiful moment for him. But I did like the idea of Roman beating him that night. Yeah, that was dope. Gotcha. Nice little swerve. That was a massive swerve. I'm a, I'm a big Cody guy, so I was like, I'm still devastated over it. I'm like bonding with strangers <laughs> over it. I was wearing a Cody Rhodes hoodie at the movie theater the other day, and the, the random dude working there was like, dude, WrestleMania, man. Like, I can't believe it. And I was like, I know, dude, me either. Just, anyway, but uh, yeah. but that's cool. You're one of the first like Roman Reigns people that I've talked to that was like, yeah, I like, I like it. Hell yeah. Good for Roman. So. Big time, yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, – I'm I'm a huge Roman Reigns fan. Uh, like Mouse will tell you. Uh, I remember we were on the road one day, 
and uh, Rich and Sue, Sue Young, they were with us. And I remember uh, Rich, like we were just like, we we're just like chopping it up, like having a good old conversation, whatever. And then like, we started talking about NXT and then that ended up going over into Roman Reigns somehow. And I remember as soon as I said Roman's name, like it clicked. Rich Swann's also a really big Roman Reigns fan. So like we we bonded over that, like literally the last two hours of the car ride, me and I'm just talking nothing but Roman Reigns, watching Roman Reigns uh, promo videos and stuff. It was it was great. <laughs> it was that's, a great time. That's awesome. Do, do you <laughs> do you do you pay pretty close attention to NXT because you feel like that's somewhere you could potentially wind up like sooner than later? Um, I mainly watch it for uh, for friends, like okay. when, when my friends are wrestling. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, like I was also always a NXT fan uh, since you know 2015, 16 is when I like fully got into NXT. So yeah, I uh, also just always been a fan of it. But yeah, sure, gotcha. I mean, obviously it's a great product, and around that time too, like Gargano would have been getting heavily involved in stuff, and yeah, it would have made yep. total sense. Um, but I'll, just for what it's worth, as like just a fan, like I think you would fit in great in NXT or really any of these companies. The talent, the talent's there. Um, you know, speaking of, I, I've seen you live in Battle Slam. Uh, how, how have those sh- shows been like? Because that's like a that's a totally different type of pro wrestling show than like really anything else I attend. Oh yeah, um, I love I love the vibe there. Like it's 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 always a great time. The music that's playing is always like banger after banger after banger. I don't know. It just it just feels good to be there. Uh, everybody there, the locker room, the fans. Like it's it's always a great time wrestling in Atlanta. Um, I get to see some of my friends out there that I don't get to see too often. Uh, so yeah, I love it out there for sure. That's cool. I I, ta- I talked to Baron after this past show for a minute and. He was like, "Man, I promise we're gonna start on time next next show. We're start we're starting on time." And I was like, "Man, y'all never start on time." But I really hope you start on like the thing is like the shows are always so good. But I know y'all as talent is probably the same way. We're like, I know guys like Richard King like drive to Orlando afterwards, and they're probably like, "Man, I gotta get home. I gotta get home tonight." No, so like I actually played a big part in the show uh, starting as late as it did that day. Oh, can you explain so, this? Okay, thank you. I'll put the yeah, blame on Trey here, not on Barry. <laughs> Yeah, it was actually a, a big part of it was my fault. So I was driving out there, which that's that's a 10-hour drive. Um, I should have flown. I should have. But, uh, yeah, I drove. And I drove at a – like, I started my drive at a, at a great time. I was supposed to get there about three hours early. But for some reason – like, I mean, I'm just, like, I'm coasting. And, all, like, I'm, like, I'm making great time. I'm coasting. And then uh, also just the stops for gas and stuff. Uh, I remember – I was about two hours to an hour and a half away, and Lee, he has, he calls me on the phone, and like I'm like, this man hates talking on the phone. What like this this can't be good, you know? So I'm like, I, I answer the phone. I'm like, what what do you want, bro? What's up? He said, Hey, Baron told you to get get here right now. Like hurry up. And like I was like, uh, whatever. I'm only an hour and a half away. I'm almost there. He tells me he like they just bust out laughing, and they, they, he tells me, "Yo, the show starts in thirty minutes," and I'm <laughs> like, "Bro, what?" <laughs> like I and so it turned out that I didn't. So I didn't read over the group message as well, like you know, as well as I should have. Uh, I kind of just skimmed over and like was looking for times, and I had uh, the time that I thought was uh, for call time 
was the time that they were opening doors. And like, so like that threw everything off and like, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> so that, that was uh, a lot of that was on me. So I'm sorry about that. Oh, no, nah, I'll get, I, I, I don't want to put that on Barrett. It's just funny because it's become like a tradition that the battle slam shows always start late and then it's like, Oh yeah. But, so, but, but this time it, it, we'll, we'll put it on Trey. It was a cool venue too. The, uh, it was the, uh, what was that? What was the name of the mall? It was like the new black wall street, I believe is what they call it. And, um, something like that. And it was, uh, yeah, it was really, it was a really cool spot. And the way that they, they tarped off like that whole back of it, I, I was walking around for a minute trying to find it. And I saw Alex Kane walking around in his, uh, in his, in his singlet. And I was like, oh, okay. Wrestling is definitely here. So I just got to find yeah. out where, where exactly this is going on, but it was a really fun show. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And the presentation was dope too. Like all the lighting and everything. Yeah. It was, it was great for sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you as well. I, I like kind of getting in the minds of, of wrestlers when it comes to this. If I if I remember to ask, but why do you choose the finishing moves that you choose? Like I know you do the froggy bow and the brain buster. Like what uh what are the reasonings behind those moves? So I like lately I've just been doing the brain buster at my yeah. finish. Yes. And like I've always I've always been a fan of that move. Like I, I don't know what it is. Like a, a great brain buster. Oh man. I love it. Uh so I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I just, like, I started using it uh, as one of my bigger moves. And, like, a couple of people that I know of, uh, like, a couple of friends of mine, they started saying, like, oh, that should be a finish. That should be a finish because it looks like I'm just, like, totally murdering these, these guys, you know. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I decided, yeah, I'll just go with it. You know, I, I like the look of it. And, yeah, I was, I don't know, I just went with it. Looks good. You get some air, too. You kind of jump up with them, too. Add that extra, that extra oomph on the way down. I like it. Yeah. 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 I take I take pride in the brain busters, bro. Yes, for sure, for sure. <laughs> hey, dude, you can. I I think that if if you do it right and you you can get anything over, like like oh, Adam yeah. like Adam Priest is out there beating people with DDTs all over the place. It's like, yeah, you can still make a DDT a finish move. Hell yeah, there's people gotta stay down for it. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's it's all about how you how you build towards the move. You know, um, you can do anything as a finish. I remember uh, earlier on in my career. When I first started doing the Pele, I was actually doing the Pele as my finish. You know, it's just all about how you build towards it. Anything can be a finish. You can do a roll-up as a finish, of course, you know? For sure. So, yeah, absolutely. Orange Cassidy does that mousetrap pretty often where it's like, you know, there you go. Exactly. Perfect, perfect example. Yep. Um, What are some of your favorite matches you've had so far throughout your career? Ooh, I've been very fortunate uh, to wrestle like all of the all of the athletes that I wrestled. So I don't know, it's, it's kind of hard to pinpoint some. Um, I'd say Alex Shelley, for sure, is up there. Uh, me and his singles match at AIW uh, in 2020. Yeah, early 2020, right before the pandemic. It was in February. Um, remember me and Trey Miguel had a really fun one, also in 2020. Uh, that was at Black Label Pro at the show We Are Back in August, I believe, that year. Um, crap, there's just so many. I don't know. Like, Yeah, I've had a lot of fun ones for sure. But I'd have to really think about that one. It's okay. I'm putting you on the spot. It'd be tough yeah. for me, too, to have to do that. Um, I know a match you recently had that I'm sure you'll have really good, clear memories of right now because you just had it. And you got to team up with an absolute legend as well. Um, it was you, Isaiah Moore, and Two Cold Scorpio taking on the Bang Bros and Jordan Oliver. Uh, what was it like teaming up with Two Cold? It was great. Two Cold is like 
he's dope, bro. Like that. So like I've I've met him before, like in the locker rooms, but like never actually got the uh, the chance to talk to him and everything. Um, but I did this time. Like of course working with him, I got to talk to him a lot more. And also after the show, I I took him to the airport. And so like you know like he's, he was giving me some of the stories from Japan back in his days and stuff. And it's like, yeah, this dude's dope. Like I yeah, he's he's a cool he's a cool dude for sure. What what music do you listen to when you're on a car ride with Two Cold Scorpio? Honestly, there was there was no music being played. I just uh, it, it was just us talking, just chopping it up. He's cool, bro. He's a oh, cool dude. Absolute legend. That word gets thrown around a lot. Two Cold Scorpio is an absolute legend, and he's absolute. still doing it. It's like the same level. Like he's still hitting all his stuff to the, to this day, hitting tumbleweeds and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and you got the pinfall for for your team in that one too. That must have felt good. Yes, sir. So uh, that was also another thing. Two Cole was actually supposed to do it, uh, but he like uh, going into it, he was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you do it, like because like everybody's expecting, uh, you know, Two Cole's on the show. You know, he's he's in the match. He's everybody's expecting for him to win, of course, him to get the pinfall. But he was like, I mean, that does nothing for me, you know. And uh, he was like, I want you to do it. So I, I felt like that was that was cool of him, you know. I, I really I really like that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a great story. Good for two. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, you know, everyone in that match, I'm a fan of you know Isaiah Moore and, and one of your other teammates, and of course you know the the Bang Bros on the other side, another team that's like finally started to break out. It feels like people are finally starting to like bring their names up, and you know, they've been good for a long time. And long one time. guy, and one guy, I really want your opinion on is Jordan Alt because he's someone who. Every time I interview a wrestler, they're like, even without even asking, I'll, I'll just say like, who do you want to wrestle, or like, who do you get advice from, or who do you see backstage that you kind of you know, get a good vibe from, or whatever. Jordan Oliver's name always pops up, so I might as well just point blank ask, like, what are your thoughts on Jordan Oliver? I, I know you've wrestled him in singles wrestling, in singles matches as well. Oh yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, I, he's great to work with. Also, like, I'll, I'll put that out there. Um, yeah, he's super chill. Uh, he's super professional. Uh, I mean, my my man, he's like he's the only one in the locker in the locker room wearing suits and everything. Like he's like super, you know, he's super professional, bro. Uh, he looks great. He got himself in incredible shape. You know, uh, every every show that I'm on with him, he's he's putting on a crazy performance. You know, he's yeah, he, yeah, he's great to be around for sure. Um, yeah, I got all I got to say. I mean, he's just super professional. He's a super cool dude. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um. Do you have any uh, any like match? Well, I'm sure you have a ton of matches you haven't had yet, and like dream opponents. But is, does anyone come to mind like kind of in the immediate future of some people you think you could wrestle maybe in the next like few months, and then maybe some like bigger picture, like long term, like maybe on like a mainstream show, like some like really big dream opponents? You know, you'd have you know, for that as well. Um, I know there are uh, a couple matches. Like, there's quite a few matches that I've never had on the indies, and I would love to. Um, there's speedball, Mike Bailey, of course. Like he's like, he's up there. He's probably number one right now in the Indies. That could totally happen at Battle Slam, by the way. Y'all are there all the time. Oh yeah. I mean, so, Honestly, yeah. yeah. Um, let me see. I think about this all the time, but like, I don't know why they're they're not coming to mind right now. Have you wrestled um, Gargano one on one ever? Like, has there has there ever been a chance for that? Nope. Uh, I remember when he had first got released by the WWE. Um, he had. Like we had uh, had a conversation, and like that was something that we were really hoping for. Uh, but then, 
Like, he, yeah, he didn't stay on the indies as long as he was going to. You know, he didn't actually wrestle on the indies at all. He's just kind of chilled. Um, but, yeah, like, that's that's definitely one of my top three dream matches like that, like, as far as people that are not on the indies right now. Uh, and those would be Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, and AJ Styles. Those three are matches that I need before I'm done wrestling, for sure. Um, all, all, all very possible, and that's. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, they're all they're all in the same spot. So I mean, is that is that kind of? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't I don't want to like sit here and make you choose sides or anything. I mean, you're you're a hot prospect free agent here, but like, I mean, is the end? It is kind of the end goal of the dream to eventually be a part of the WWE. Oh, that's that's always been been my goal. Like, been my biggest uh, goal in wrestling is to get to the WWE. Um, and that's, I mean, that's where I became a professional wrestling fan is the WWE. I I never knew anything about the Indies when I first started training. Uh, <laughs> like, I remember some of the conversations that, like, the early conversations I would, ha- I would have with Johnny is, like, how do, how long does it take for me to get on SmackDown? You know. Um, so right. yeah, right. Uh, that's definitely the end goal but i i definitely want to do some traveling before i go there you know if possible i I really want to go to japan um that's like big time goal of mine before wwe is japan uh i want to go to the uk another one uh but yeah wwe is definitely the the goal for me for sure very cool yeah i mean it's once again very very possible how how old are you 26 currently Yep, just turned twenty six. Just turned twenty six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You You're getting old, bro. I'm getting old. <laughs> no, man, I'm <laughs> I'm up there, dude. I did. I wish I was still twenty six. Trust me. Um, you got your whole you got your whole life and future and career ahead of you still. hadn't hadn't even gotten started yet, man. Um, it's exciting. I yeah, I noticed the Kiss T shirt. Um, I, I so so I'm I don't know much about Kiss beyond like the Dale Torborg demon and WCW and that kind of stuff. Like I know of them, obviously I know some of their music, but very pro wrestling esque music group, of course. Um, do you want to speak to Kiss and being a Kiss fan? I'm assuming you're a fan if you're in their t-shirt. Uh, so I'm actually not a fan of Kiss. Uh, I, okay. I know, I know. I, okay, called out, called no. out. I, you put me you put me on the spot there <laughs> but um so i yeah i just seen the shirt and i thought it looked cool uh so i i got it you know i needed a workout shirt so I picked it up uh, i'm like as far as music goes i'm mainly an r&b like a hip-hop and r&b guy uh some pop as well uh, but yeah I've, name some favorite artists i'm not in I'm sorry. You can name some favorite artists. If I'm putting you on the spot Ooh. with all these questions, now you're gonna be like, I can't think of my favorite rapper, but <laughs> but no. let's see. Um okay, so post Malone, mm-hmm. big fan. Uh Tory Lanes. Um, let's see, Bryson Tiller. Uh gotta put my boy Trippy Red up there. He's also Canton, Ohio. He's from here. So yeah, represent out there. Um, let me see. Somewhere, a little Dirk, he's up there. Uh, I don't know. There's so many to name, bro. Like, yeah, they're <laughs> like I'm sort of just like just just picking them out, you know, as as they come along. Go to yeah. your playlist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. No, those are all good. Those are all those good. Are, I those uh. Um. What, what else do you do, like, outside of uh, outside of wrestling? Just, like, you got any other hobbies or anything like that? 
Uh, as of late, you know, um, just working really, honestly. Like, I, like I'll work out, but then other than that, other than the gym, it's just I have two jobs, you know, so I'm, I'm working a lot of the time. I don't really have time for much at all. So. Yeah, that's that's a grind. I mean, and you're not the first person I've interviewed right here on the show that's got two jobs and is training and is traveling. I mean, that's a grind, man. It's it's really respectable, but the payoff is is spectacular. Once you know, so I mean, I uh, do, do you want to? Would you have any like words of advice to? Because now that you've been doing this, you know, for a little while now, and you've got a name for yourself, you're kind of all over. Like, would you have any advice to someone like brand new to the the, the world of wrestling? Maybe, maybe someone like you who's coming into it. They've, they've seen they've seen raw they've seen smackdown they don't know what this indie world is like but like what kind of, what kind of advice would you have for them i say uh definitely stay humble at, at all times uh be grateful for every opportunity that you get um and like you know it's it's independent wrestling it's it's a grind like and like you you got to get on the road you have to travel um uh, get your get yourself in front of you know, new faces and everything, meet a lot of people. It's a lot of wrestling is who you know, you know. Um, you can be one of the best wrestlers on the indies, but if you don't have anybody there to vouch for you, then you're going to be stuck in a bubble, you know what I mean? So uh, get yourself out there in front of as many faces as you can. Uh, when you get the opportunity eventually, you know, kill it and be humble when you get those opportunities, you know. Uh, it's like the... the Last thing you want to do is, is, is build an ego in this. You know, that's that's the worst. So, yeah, stay humble at all times for sure. I like that. I like that mindset a lot. Um, normally, we ask everyone we interview what the coolest thing in their room is, but it's going to be hard to do that because you're not in a room right now. <laughs> um, so in lieu of that, I'll just ask, um, is there anything else that you want people to know about you? Just anything in general, anything about yourself or any goals or just anything you want just people to know about Trail and they might not know about. Oh, oh, that's a, that's a deep one. Um, you don't have to get too deep. You can if you want to, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm honestly like, now that I think about it, I'm pretty boring to be honest. <laughs> like I, I don't, I don't do much outside of, outside of wrestling, outside of work and everything. I'm pretty boring. Um. Yeah, that would that would also require a lot of thought. So you put me on the spot, bro. Again, I, I, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Well, sorry. hey, let me flip that a little bit on you. When the lights turn on, when your music hits, what's that transformation like for you? From going from someone who's very mild mannered, very humble, to like having to put on a show. Oh, that's that's gonna um, <laughs> that's gonna raise some questions from a lot of people that are a lot of people that know me that are that are watching this, like Malice and. Like the the last thing somebody would describe me as is humble, like when they when they get to know me. I don't know, like, but it's it's all just me. I like to talk a lot of a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just fun for me. That's me playing around, but I am very humble. I will say, you know, if I have to say so myself. Um, but yeah, I started rambling. Say that question one more time. Um, what what's what's the, what's the transformation like? Do you have to do anything to like like? hype yourself up or like kind of turn from like the humble guy to like like because i mean being a wrestler like you got to make it about yourself to some degree like because you want people to cheer for you want you want to build a fan base you want to stand out absolutely um for me uh i know before my matches i always like the butterflies are going crazy you know that's something that uh you never do get over uh 
like as like you can have as, as much experience as you can. Uh, the butterflies never go away before the match. Uh, one thing that I do, like I have this like meditation uh, process that I do. So it's like you breathe in for six seconds, you hold your breath for two, and then you breathe out for eight. And then so like when I do that, like when you breathe out, like you're supposed to just like let yourself just like go completely calm, you know, and like you'll you'll see you'll notice that some of the muscles like they'll like relax. You don't you don't even know that that are like really tense. They'll relax, you know, um, I do that. And then I'm like totally I'm good when I go out there like I'm loose and everything. I can just be myself. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's something that I, I do before every match. It helps out a lot. I like that. So that was in for six seconds, six. hold for two, blow out for eight. Yep. Okay. I'm going to try that. You know, I deal with anxiety. A lot of the people that are watching this interview when it airs in the chat that are seeing this right now, a lot of a lot of us have anxiety. A lot of us get nervous. I think that breathe, breathing is super important. That's something I don't think about it nearly is. enough. But if you can control your breath, that, that's a game changer. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I deal with anxiety too. Like I get, yeah. I get pretty anxious. Uh, so that, that really helps out a lot. I definitely do recommend it. Absolutely. For well, sure. as we wrap up here, Trey, I appreciate all your time. Uh, and of course. Um, please let everyone know where to find you at, uh, your social media, merch. We'll have links in the description of the video as well. Okay. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Trey Lamar underscore. So that's T-R-E-L-A-M-A-R underscore. Uh, and then Facebook at Trey Lamar. There you go. Yeah. Once again, there follow this man. Get tapped in. Watch his matches. Buy the merchandise. Um, Trey, thanks again need, for joining. I need us. to get merch. I need to get merch. <laughs> Do you not have that. any merch at all? I haven't made any like any shirts. Like I've had a shirt design that I've been sitting on for literally two years now. I uh, never got it made. I haven't made any shirts since 2019, actually. So, Dude, yeah, I need to get on that. Make new merch. Send me yeah. and and the people over here at Fightful the link. So make sure people know where to find it when you when you put it out there. You got to have merch. You got to have merch, Trey. I'll, hey, next time I see you at Battle Slam, if you have a t-shirt, I'll buy one from you, okay? I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I do. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this uh, this Creator Spotlight interview with myself and Trey Lamar. I've been Steven Jensen. And uh, right back here on the show. All right. <laughs> We are back here on the spotlight. Thank you to Trey Lamar for joining us this past week to talk about his career and his future in wrestling. Thank you to Stephen Jensen for going flying solo on that one as I uh, took care of things on the home front. Guys, we appreciate everybody joining us today as we talked about AEW, WWE, others like NWA and the indies we appreciate we appreciate all super chats we appreciate all comments in the chat appreciate anybody who leaves a thumbs up on this video appreciate anybody who is subscribed to the channel don't follow me on twitter follow steven just on twitter at follow at fight talk underscore uh please go to fightfuloverbook.com please subscribe to the channel please leave thumbs up on those videos we just dropped our interview with marty garner uh marty garner who famously took that spike pedigree from triple h uh back in the day back in 1996 that happened now i think everybody's seen that photo by now but if you have not uh marty talks about that talks about being a, a pa to the rock uh, during his film career early portion of his film career he's part of firm deletion as well he was uh the referee for the match he was also mvp's first televised match in wwe so he talks about that match 
as well. So a lot, a lot with Marty Gardner. He was part of it aired on the live episode of In the Weeds yesterday, and then we re-recorded. We had some tech issues uh, during the live show, and then we recorded. Um, we recorded the second half of that after our live show wrapped. So the full interview is now up on on Fightful Overbook, so everybody can check that out. Uh, we have a new episode of In the Weeds tomorrow. We'll be joined by some guests. Joel Pearl and I will talk about Fallout from Dynamite. We'll look, look ahead to SmackDown, talk about some other stuff as well. I think that's everything, everybody. Go to Fightful.com, click on all the articles, support. Sign up to FightfulSelect.com. $5 a month gets you all the news in wrestling. Gets you an extra podcast like The Weekender with Steven Jensen. Gets you all the sour graps. All Alex Pulowski being mad about everything. Go to FightfulSelect.com. Sign up. Guys, that'll do it. We'll be back next week. New episode covering the world of pro wrestling, AEW, WWE, others, and indie independent wrestling. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Have a good Thursday, everyone. We will talk to y'all next week. Bye, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.